Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 155. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Uh, feeling good today. Feeling tired, feeling good. Uh, near the end of the week, getting ready to think about skiing. I'm sure people are getting ready to get out there. So it's a happy time. Indeed. Yeah, we had some technical issues we had to work through. It's a little bit later than we expected, but I just chugged some coffee and I think we're going to make it through it. I think I've been we're going to be all right. I've been drinking my first bang. I don't know if anybody's had these, the bang. It's not a tea. It's like, it's blue raz. Uh, they have like a million flavors. Um, is bang an official sponsor of the podcast? It is not. So they can suck a dick Whoa. right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, I think they have succadic flavor. Uh, oh. But this looks pretty cool. I see everybody with their like duck lips, these hot girls, duck lips with the, you know, you know, with the bang. And I'm like, it's just stupid marketing and I hate it, but it was on sale. So I was like, let me try it because I don't know. Because I'm like, I need like a monster energy if I'm like really lacking. And this has BCA amino acids creatine coq10 so i'm like it can't be that bad got creatine in it yeah hmm. so it's probably gonna like stop my liver and make me keel over and die but i figured if it keeps me up for the podcast it'll work that's what mo- that's what matters really it's all that matters but so we haven't even gotten to the app rate today yet and we're already in the app rate today that's but the before we go there <laughs> the pre-pray the pre-pray so before we go there we want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you so much. If you want to check out more information about us, skibumpodcast.com. We are on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Ski Bump Podcast. You can find us on Pinterest as Highfalutins. We are officially now on Spotify. Is that correct, we, Mario? We are. So if you look at look for Spotify, uh, if you're on Spotify, do a search. On a podcast, you will find Highfalutin Ski Bumps. Nice. We'll have it linked on the website too if you want to find it that way. We are on YouTube. I've been slacking in getting the podcast out there, I know, but I'm going to reset my game up this weekend. Let's just say we're both slacking. We're both slacking in a lot of areas. This is a problem. You know what? We need to to step our game up a little bit. We got to get video on YouTube. It's coming. We keep talking about it. Yeah, you know, we should just put it out there. Like, what the hell? I mean, yeah. we do. We don't really edit too much out of it. It's really just putting in the um, the music and and tidying things up a bit. We got yeah. pretty faces. We'll just yeah, go without music. It. We're we're stunning, really. We'll, we'll do acapella it. version. No music. <laughs> that would actually be kind of funny, right? Yeah, acapella. We got the acoustic acoustic version. I pray. I pray today. Yeah, we could hum it. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Do like a little doo-wop version. That's right. Yeah, that's a terrible idea, but. Terrible, but it could work. Coming at you, maybe. You never know. Yes. So, yeah, we're also on SoundCloud, which is way outdated. And I'm not promising to fix that, but one of these days I will. SoundCloud, we have our legacy throwbacks. I think it's like episode 50 something is out there. That's when we started getting good. That's when we just kind of was. That was those were were simpler times, my friend. Spitting spitting hot fire. We were dropping, dropping bombs, podcast hot fire bombs, really. Your bombs. Uh, we're also, is there any, anywhere else? There's just, there's so many places. It's, uh, we're all I over the place. Um, I'm not even going to tell the places that are being dicks that won't list us right now. But um, 
We're a lot of places. Um, We're a lot of places. But one thing also too, you know, we've mentioned it the last couple of weeks that people have been reaching out for stickers and we thank you and we're happy to send them out. So if you either want to hit us up, preferably DM us on Instagram that we tend to follow the most of all of our socials. Facebook, if you're going to send us something on Facebook, probably not going to see it because we spend probably the least amount of time on that one, even less than SoundCloud. Dude, I want to see a, like a little sticker, like somebody getting their kid christened and have like a little sticker on the, on the little cheek. That'd be cool. That would be impressive. That would be, be horrible. I would be impressed. Yes. Or they could be using, they could take the sticker and kind of roll it up and make it the funnel they use to pour the water on the kid during the christening. There you go. There that you would go. show commitment to both the Lord and us. Yeah. I want to see it. Uh, what else? Maybe a dog collar. Dog running in the snow with it on the collar. That Ooh, would be cool. That would be cool. Or a vest if it has a vest. I can't tell you, allegedly, perhaps, the there were some lifts that got new stickers this past weekend yes. at, nice. at our uh, main topic resorts that we will be discussing. There also may be a particular lodge where there will be a mogul challenge in a couple of weeks that may have a sticker on the window inside now. <clears throat> that may have two ski bombs there, too. Perhaps, perhaps, and, perhaps. And it may have two highfalutin ski bombs there. Potentially. All alleged, all alleged right now. It's we're, alleged, uh, yes. So thank you guys for doing that. And we're happy to send you stickers. So yeah, hit us up either uh, on Instagram, DM us and send us your address and we'll send you stickers. Or you can also send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We will respond to that and we will send you stickers as well. So thank you for wanting them and thank you for listening. And if you are really, if you're really committed to us and you really love the show, we have a cool online store at skibumpodcast.com slash shop where we have t-shirts and hoodies and a couple hats left and some other fun things like this awesome Yeti Tumblr that is on my Instagram post from earlier today. And there's so new stuff, stuff coming in the works. Oh my God. I have so many cool like little prototypes and ideas for the summer. Uh, we're going to have to have an annual meeting and discuss it. So yes, we're going to have the board meeting, the, the board, board meeting, meeting of the two of us aboard. Uh, well, well, we do have to have an annual meeting because we're, you know, officially we a, are really a corporation. So yeah, we do have to have our annual meeting. And that may happen in a few weeks. Area of um, grievances. That's area of grievance. That's right. We're it's kind of like Festivus and a board meeting together. I think every board meeting should be Festivus. It should be like a whole Festivus format. Like wrestling. I want to see like... A little hard. <laughs> I want to see Berkshire Hathaway like wrestling freaking feats of strength. Just Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett <laughs> battling it out. Just like greased up. Warren Buffett just Warren like... Those like old school wrestling, like a singlet with like the one arm. Uh, and then, then uh, strap. the Lucha Libre with like the mask. Oh, uh, yeah. Lucha well, everyone else are actually them. That'd be great. But, uh, stepping in for Mr. Buffett is this um, luchador. That'd be awesome. You have was your proxy. In, uh, your proxy uh, Game of Thrones where they would do that? Yes. Where they could, um, oh, what the hell was it called? Where they could like summon someone to be there uh, to fight for them? Yeah, that's how um, Tyrion fought. Or Tyrion uh, was supposed to Oberon and the and the, the mountain and the mountain. Yeah, that was uh, having a it's called having a champion or having. You know, oh, that was it. That'd be cool. That'd be like a feats of strength proxy for festival. Yeah, right. <laughs> I have the rock for feats of strength. <laughs> <laughs> Conor McGregor. Just, we think Conor McGregor or the Rock. I think oh, McGregor's 
quite uh, the rocks yeah. the rock is jacked and gigantic but mcgregor has like real skills yeah the is rock he, is good at pretending he has skills but like mcgregor's he, not a good grappler is he he hasn't shown his grappling strength let's put it that way yeah, against other big grapplers against like the best in the you know like the the point zero 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 one percent he's he's a little outnumbered but you know i don't think the rock has ever practiced any like real martial arts he's just so, giant yeah so i was up in in canada this week weekend uh last weekend in uh winnipeg and uh one of the friends of uh, my girlfriend's family um was he's from Oh, what the hell is his name? El Salvador. And he's an ex-pro or ex-semi-pro MMA fighter. Hmm. And you look at the guy and you're like, he is an MMA fighter. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's just, the like, he looks like a bad, and... nicest dude in the world though. Talk to him. He's like really cool. But I would imagine don't piss him off because if you push him over the edge, there's like a chokehold in there. <laughs> Thank you. I think a lot of those dudes, you know, like like Joe Rogan's mentioned it in his podcast. He's like, most of the martial artists are the nicest guys because they know that there's people out there who could kill them and kill most people on the planet because of their skills. Yeah. So, you know, why be a dick when you know there's people like that out there? People who are the biggest dicks and have the biggest chips on their shoulders are usually the people who can't do shit. Yeah. Who think, like, bro, if I was in a fight, you would not want to fuck with me, bro. You would not want to fuck. Like, that, remember those Jersey Shore assholes? They fucking yeah. like sucker punch people in the head. They're like, yo, you got knocked out, bro. Knocked out, bro. <laughs> yeah, you, you fucking sucker. Wow, you sucker punch someone. You're a tough guy. You're a big man. You got your five boys around one guy. Five little douchebags. Remember when that snooky girl got like knocked out by that dude? Dude, that was so awesome. That was dark, man. Like, I felt bad. I I don't condone guys hitting girls, but I tell you what, it was great TV. I felt bad for how much I enjoyed it. Like, <laughs> yes. It was just like, like you, I shouldn't be liking this, but it's snooky. Like, but I understand. I I'm understand. not saying what he did was right, but I understand. <laughs> you know, the good part of it is I wasn't like watching the show. I had to like look at it on the internet. So I was like, I felt good that I, I didn't know that it happened. People yeah. are like, hey, did you see that video? Of Yeah, no, uh, I don't. Yeah. It was probably all set up too. I'm sure like they were like, listen, here's like 10 grand. We got your lawyer taken care of. Just just knock this chick out. Like, trust me, she's not going to know it's coming. <laughs> like, we'll just we'll just give her some some Adderall and some meth and she'll be won't even know. She'll be fine. I wonder how much of the Jersey Shore they did remember because they were hammered all the time. Like they blackout hammer. They weren't even they like just, regular. They would just set stuff up too. Like that's all those dumb reality shows. Everything is so set up. Yeah. Well, Survivor now is unwatchable because it's not a real like challenge. It's all game and it, it, I don't know. Yeah. It's all just. It's Does just, anybody watch Survivor oh. anymore? It's still on TV. I've watched one episode and it was the finale of the first season. And I was like, this show is stupid. And I stopped and I never watched it again. And I was never felt any sort of need to watch it yeah the only thing i stop and watch is um american ninja warrior that's it yeah a bunch of adults play in a freaking like it's i don't know it's 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 impressive but it's also stupid you know it's like it's like people who are really good at something that's dumb like that's almost like glorified shaming and clicks like well right you know what now, it's not, like, hey, let's go. Let's go back to school. Let's go back to lunchroom where people are like voting each other out. Like, 
isolating each other. It's just, I don't know. I've noticed too, a lot of people who like that show tend to be fat people who like watching people exercise, but who have no motivation to kind of exercise and try to do that on their own. So I was biking home today and I had that same thought because I passed somebody down at the beach that was talking to his wife or girlfriend and there's a, their kid, there's a kid around and they were explaining to the, the wife the proper way to work out. And I'm looking at this dude. I'm like, you're fat as fuck. Like maybe you were in shape at one time, but like, there's no way you should be giving advice right now. If anything, you should be taking advice and like getting in shape. Yeah. It was just funny. I was like, how many, how many out of shape people are giving advice to other people on how to work out? It's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not one of them. Well, after not- all that, I mean, I, 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 I could probably give you some minor workout advice. But one thing I know I can give advice out on is the app pray today. It's time for our pray today. All right. Let's start, start off. Let's start with you, Brian. I was up doing some skiing this past weekend uh, at a location that we will discuss further. At the, as to, the be to, location, be to be named. To be named. It isn't that surprising where I went, but you know, we're still, still. going to give it a surprise. It's a, it's suspense. The suspense is killing me. I went to a a place that used to be a fun named gas station and market, but I guess to try to seem more professional and to seem like a more of a you know appropriate place, a more legit place, they changed the name. I don't even know what it's called. It was but, dumb as shit before, but I tell you what, it it had character. Yeah, it was I a think bad Italian. I think it got sold to someone who wanted to have a more respectable name in business. So it's got a new name. I don't know what it's called. I wonder they if the do have, bought it. They do have a beer cave at this location, which nice. if you haven't been to a beer cave, it's not nearly as impressive as the name sounds, but it is cool. So it's usually, you know, you have the beer, you have the coolers, um, it's and you kind of open the door. It's a walk-in cooler. Walk-in fridge. That's it. Yeah. Pretty much. So you're actually behind where they usually stock the beers in the the glass cases but they make it out like it's a big deal when it really isn't it's yeah. but it is so i went in there and i originally was going in for uh to grab i didn't know what i was going to grab i wanted to you know again let jesus take the wheel as, <laughs> as my beer selection and i had in my hand my four pack of sip of sunshine because Ooh. last week i believe i was bitching about the price of sip of sunshine and the fact that everybody can get it now it's everywhere. It's everywhere. People that don't know anything like, I don't know, I had this beer, it had a yellow can with a little sun on it. It was all right. <laughs> on the mountain, 11 bucks a can. At any other place, thirteen ninety nine for a four-pack. So obviously, that's the better deal. Had it in my hand. I was walking out, and I'm like, you know, I know what these taste like. I'm just going to grab... They had to make your own four-pack sign. So I'm like, okay, it's a little more expensive for a four-pack, but I can mix things up and try some new things. So I went for that. And... I didn't really know. It was late. We just checked in. It was like 930. I, uh, it was like a three-hour drive up. I just did not... I wasn't really thinking. And I wasn't going to be the guy on his phone like checking each one of the beers on like Rate Beer and like looking for ones that were higher than a four out of five. I just didn't have the patience for that shit at all that night. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just grab some things. Going on can appeal. I like it. Can appeal is it's just yeah, that was pretty much it. I you know, I they said don't judge a beer by its cover, and I did. Dude, and I guarantee if it was a nice can with shitty, ridiculous font, you'd be like, 
I can't drink this goddamn beer. If there was Comic Sans anywhere on the right? can. I was I was all into typography and the design. <laughs> and speaking of cans, <laughs> the beer that I selected Ooh. for today is Becky Likes the Smell by the good folks at Bay State Brewing Company. Nice. Yes. And it's a double IPA. It's nice. 10% alcohol. Damn. 73 IBUs. And I will tell you, it does not drink that heavy at all. And last week I had the double sunshine, which was an eight percenter is also a double IPA. And I think this drinks almost lighter than that. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, it, it has a nice, like really nice color to it. Again, it's lighter than a lot of those new England IPAs. Look, but, you got um, the real glass too. You, you got, got a tulip little... glass, like a gentleman. God damn. It's all tulips. Uh, they're selling. <laughs> they say there's a foot of snow and they're growing tulips. They're growing tulips up there. Good old I George. Think, I think one of the things that we're dedicating to, this operate to George. Oh boy, <laughs> we may have to. Uh, I think we may need to get some uh, Ski Bomb Podcast tulip glasses. This oh, that might be a nice addition to anyone's that would bar be. collection. So this beer again, like ten percent double IPA. Uh, it's got a lot of nice hop flavor. Not bitter at all uh i don't think the flavor that it has is really as concentrated as that sip of sunshine that one was almost sweet but uh i was looking at the can here and they mentioned that they do add uh four late hop additions of i'm gonna blow this gerald gerald azaka mosaic and citra hops jerilo mazaki and what else pretty much those <laughs> and so it kind of gives it a maybe that's why it doesn't have that bitter flavor because the hops aren't in there as long during the uh the fermentation or the mm. the boiling the cooking process but yeah really nice flavor taste again drinks way lighter than the 10 percent that it is um really nice beer so I, this is the first thing i've ever had from Bay State brewing so i'm gonna definitely try this again i know they have a nitro version of this too which is probably really awesome so if you see this around, Bay State Brewing, Becky likes the smell. I would say if you're an IPA fan, give this a taste because this is this is really nice. Dude, anything on nitro, that's probably if it tastes good on not on nitro, it's probably phenomenal on nitro. Oh, for sure. <clears throat> so Mario, what do you got? So I got a little adventurous this week. Uh last night I was hanging out, decided to make a little something. So I went for lunch and uh I went to this this place called Smoky Bones. So, you know, barbecue place and they, they were advertising these special drinks that they have. And I've had them before. They're actually pretty good. Made with bourbon and they have like some fruit and some, you know, kind of spritzy kind of thing. So I was like, you know, what? I took a picture of the menu and I was like, I want to make my own version of this thing. So it's basically, let's see what's in there. So it's basically a, it's a bourbon drink and I put, um, a little rye in. So I did a little bullet rye. Um, they make theirs a Buffalo trace, but that's a little too fancy for me today. Um, blackberry Buffalo tree- trace is, is fancier than bullet. I don't know. I, I really don't I know. They're both kind of near the same. I, I put them on the same level. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I they're both kind of, they're like, they're probably like good. It's almost like the BMW three series of bourbons. It's like, a. All right. Getting luxurious, but it's like entry level luxurious. Entry luxury. All right. That's what I'm thinking. Well, this was the rye too. So the rye's a little more ooh, a little fancy. That's like special wheels on it on it's the not little too different. It's almost <laughs> like you got the diesel version instead of like the gas version. There you go. Um 
so I did the uh, I did that bourbon, the boat ride. I did blackberry puree. So did you wait, puree your own blackberries? You know how you get blackberry puree? You get blackberries and you put them in a Nutribullet and you puree the fuck out of those things. So you kept the uh, the seeds? Just blended it till they were. I kept the seeds. I should have probably put it in the Ninja, but I put it in the Nutribullet, which doesn't pulverize the seeds. So the seeds are still in there, which is a little. A little weird, but it makes it a little bit fresher. So I was like, ah, just leave them in there. I don't care. There's like a lot of nutrients in the seeds too. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm all about eating the whole, whole fruit anyway. So uh, I made my own puree. So I actually put the blackberries with a little bit of uh, organic lemonade and blended them up to make my puree. And then I put it in a glass bottle and put it in the fridge. So that'll keep it for like a few days. So. So lemonade, blackberry puree, and bourbon or rye? And, right, and bourbon. And then the recipe does call for fresh squeezed lemonade. So I put a little extra dash of lemonade. Then they say natural spice, so I don't know what the hell is in there. And they're calling for white wine prosecco. So I didn't feel like opening a whole bottle of wine. So I got one of those little mini bottles of white wine. And I put white wine and then I put seltzer. Top Why did it take those like wine? companies so long to figure out they should make a small bottle of that crap well here's the ridiculousness like of the little, it. So, like four packs you can find they're like you know it's almost like a like one glass is like the size of the bottle and they're great but i tell you what you look at the one glass you, you look at the four pack and then you look at a whole bottle the price they jack your ass up they yeah. jack that up it's like more than buying one bottle i'm like i would rather just open a bottle of, of champagne at that point so that's yeah, why I did the, the, it's all the glass and the packaging and all the extra crap you got to do. Yeah. So I got the wine because I was like, every once in a while, you want to come home, just have one glass of wine, not like a whole bottle. Because the thing is, you got to drink a bottle within, in my estimation, you got to drink it in like two days. Like you can't, can't let it sit there too long. And I even have the special wine gas and everything. And those definitely help though, those, the ones where you pull the air out of them. Yeah, the vacuum sealers, they definitely help, but you're, you're you still got maybe a week on it. You're like working on borrowed time as soon as that bottle opens. Yeah. And it depends. Like if you're doing a red, like a bold red, you want it to breathe. So you know what? If it sits with that sealer for a few days, it's actually pretty good. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's still all right. But you know, for the most part, like, especially if I'm putting it in, in thing or anything like that, I was like, I, I didn't want to open a whole bottle of Prosecco. So I was like, yeah, let me just get the white wine and then i'm like you know it actually has a good purpose because it's it's really not expensive wine so i can cook with it because that's the other thing like if i want to cook and put a little bit like white wine in with my chicken do like a little chicken with the white wine and butter in there some risotto forget about it. oh yeah forget about it um (laughs) but you just need a little dash of wine you don't need to open a whole bottle you know so Mm -hmm. they're perfect for for cooking so i got red white so i went a little a little fancy but you know Actually, is uh, pretty nice. I got to say, uh, I didn't put too much bourbon. I actually made it like a real human drink, not like a <laughs> animalistic. Like an asshole drink like we usually have? <laughs> like, like an asshole. I got like, this is, you know, my last drink before I podcast kind of thing. No Malort in there? Uh, 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 people drop a Malort or Besk? Um, I got to say, you got to come up with some recipe for Malort. There's got to be some use for it. There really does. Yeah. I don't know, maybe with gin, a gin malort and a malortini. Malortini. Boom. Malortini. I like oh, it. Dude, you make a malortini, just all malort and like a dash of something else. And like, people sit there and they're like, 
just drinking that whole fucking thing. You just watch and laugh. It'd be hilarious. Well, I think too, if you, you know, like we talked about with, uh, with Nick a couple podcasts ago about, you know, how much vermouth should be in a martini. They say it's like a whisper, yeah. which is like, you kind of, you dump it in, you kind of like spin it out. Yeah. I think if you did a spin of Malort with the bit, with the gin in there, that actually might, might be onto something that might, that, that might just give you enough of an, like a, like a dagger in the, in the obliques. Like in the side there, to kind of keep you honest, but also to, to kind of still focus on the gin. So here's what you do. You do that, the whisper of Malort with gin, but you don't go for a high-end gin with a distinct flavor. You get like some something in a plastic bottle and you mm. use that gin. Now you're dressing up that gin. You could actually have something pretty good. Like Banker's Club. Like Fighting Cock. Boom. I want <laughs> fighting. <laughs> Is there Fighting Cock gin? <laughs> <laughs> Pop was Papa vodka was in the Papa uh, is vodka. Yeah, I don't think no fighting cock is uh, fighting cock was vodka. Uh, let's see, fighting cock is bourbon. Oh, is it? Yeah. Wow, and you put in fighting cock and you turn the uh, safe search <laughs> off. You can Actually, there's results, fighting... my man. <laughs> there is fighting cock London dry gin. Is there? Yes, there's ways. I remember in college having fighting cock vodka. And you know what? It is like shit is going down that night. Yeah, right. That's crazy shit. Mistakes man. will be made. <laughs> it's like we got a chicken fight going on tonight. Oof. Shit is getting bloody. It's like my dick and my brain are going into battle. <laughs> no one's going to win this one. All for over this drink. Yeah. God damn. Hey, but the price was right. So that's what I'm saying. You get like some cheap ass thing. You put that little Malort in there, a little whisper Malort. I think you got something. I think we do. I think we may need to experiment with this when we're together. <laughs> Incredible Hulks and Malortinis. <laughs> <laughs> you walk into like the Marriott Marquis freaking. Yes. What would you like? You're all dressed up like James Bond, but like, yes, uh, I'll have an Incredible Hulk and my friend will have a fighting cock and, and Malort <laughs> teeny. You fucking awesome. <laughs> Might as well just wear the dumb and donut tuxedos and just go out. It's Pretty much. Great. <laughs> well, I will tell Ooh. you something. I'll tell you someone who could guide us to a proper wine to Uh-oh. have or proper Prosecco to put into your cocktail. I want to know what he thinks of my lord. I believe it would be Mark Almert, who was just named the 2019 world's best sommelier. Boom. Yes. He is the 16th winner of the world's best sommelier competition since the event was founded in 1969 and is the youngest to take the prize at 27 years old. Damn. He came out on top of a field of 66 candidates from 63 countries during an intense series of tests in Antwerp, Belgium. I That's- wonder how intense these tests truly were. So here's the thing. So we, they talk about the test and I was actually looking to see like what competition this was. So I saw that Netflix movie, some yeah. uh, a few years ago, and they're talking, that one is based on the master sommelier, uh, master sommelier exam that it's given, I think in France, I don't know where, but um, it's a great movie. So if you want to know just at least a little inkling of what these guys go through uh, and girls, it's pretty fucked up, man. They go through like tasting and like trying to blind taste and recognize stuff. So 
I imagine that this was probably something similar, if not more than that. Like, so, um, I gotta say that movie was pretty cool. So in this, they had seven tests in the final, which were a mixture of service, blind tastings, theory, and food and wine pairing, which included serving Klein Constantinia, Constantia, Vin de Constance with ice cubes, decanting a bottle of Vega Cecilia, blind tasting 10 spirits, suggesting wine pairings with a food menu within one minute of viewing it. Awesome. Yeah. Is it, is it, is it a tell that I'm so ghetto that I have no idea? I haven't heard of Klein Constantia, which I guess is something, or Vega Cecilia. I have no I idea. Couldn't even pronounce it. So obviously, I have no history with those beverages. <laughs> you know, but somebody's like, "Oh yeah, it's Vega Cecilia. I have that all the time." I, <laughs> it's no, all I, I drink. Have, it's all I drink. I don't even know what that shit is. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's like somebody. You know, it's fucked up, man. Contestants appeared to have the most fun with a task requiring them to name the dominant grape variety for 24 wines after only seeing the name of the wine and its producer. It's fascinating, but it's also, again, one of those, it's one of those very interesting skills that, you know, if, if anything did go down and we needed to survive, how valuable would these sommelier skills be? You know, you and your family alive. So it's funny. I thought this was like a really useless skill, right? And it is like for survival, totally useless. Well, maybe not so useless, but just saying. Um, I thought it was like really bad. And then I saw that Psalm movie and I was like, you know what? One of the big purposes of having a sommelier is if you're a restaurant, you have a sommelier on staff because you want somebody to have an experience for dining. They're dropping a ton of cash. And you know what? let them have a good experience with wine, with the food. Cause they come in and they get a great, they come into a great restaurant and they expect great food. Now they might not know what wine to pick out. So rather than some dipshit picking out some Boone's farm to go with their foie gras and duck, now you got a sommelier saying, Hey, why don't you try this? And it helps the restaurant sell stuff, but you know what? I think it helps the experience of somebody going out to one of these places and have a nice fancy dinner. You know, I, I, I kind of respect that. Yeah. I definitely, I de- you know, in our modern society, I definitely see where there's a value and you know, it's it, again, if you are you know, perfect point you made about having a great experience, something like this could really yeah. kind of kind of ice the deal in a way. Well, it's like the difference between picking out your own steak or asking somebody that knows steak, like pick me out the best steak you have. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You have no idea where the stuff came from. You know? Yeah. No, it's uh it's definitely it's 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 interesting. And you know, in a way, I wish I had that ability to to be that knowledgeable about something like this. You know, we're talking about beer sometimes. It's like, yeah, you know, it tastes really good and kind of <laughs> kind of fruity and not bitter. Hey, but to some people that's crazy. some people that's enjoyment, right? Yeah. No, it's a, it's, it's a cool skill and congratulations to Mark youngest, the youngest competitor. And I think he's based in Switzerland somewhere at one of the, uh, fancy hotels. I remember looking that up. That's how I found out about this. That one, of, I think we're subscribed to one of the, uh, the hotels. It's know. one of the hotels you frequent when you go there, right? Well, you know, when my helicopter is fucking working, then oh. yes, I do go there, but right now we're having some issues. So, you know. <laughs> 
I got to slum it like you people. Okay. At what point in our lifetimes do you think there's going to be a beer song at places? Because with all well, the they already have, here, dude. Dude, they, they have, have already. Yeah. but it's going to be prevalent. Like, cause think about it. Like maybe it's because of the cost of getting into a beer, but now the beers are going up in price. $11 for a sip of sunshine. Just saying for a long, it's going to be $20 for a, for a farmstead vintage, you know? So Mark, on there to just one. He is based in Zurich at the Bauer Olak. I think that's how it's pronounced. Probably not. B A U R space A U space L A C. Bauer Olak. Bauer Olak. So wow. when you're in Zurich next, hey, make sure you stop UBS, by. Corporate. Make sure you stop by and uh, let him do his thing. Let him have him give you a great experience doing what he does best. If you're going to visit your billions in your Swiss bank account, just tell them we said hi. That's right. Hi, Flute and Skibum. Skibumpodcast.com. Say him, Brian <laughs> and Mario. Say. Dude, bring a sticker and put it right on his fucking, right on his metal. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this for Mario and Brian. Bam. <laughs> oh, you got to write to us. If you go in there and you're going to see Mark, you got to get us, get a sticker, write to us. We'll send you a sticker and you just slap it right on his metal. Take a picture. <laughs> You know what? You're gonna order one of these uh, Yeti t- uh, tumblers from Dude, us. Dude, I'll, I'll you give you have Yeti. Have fill it with wine. Have them be like, "Yo, man, can you fill this tumbler with wine?" <laughs> That's the only way I drink wine is to a 20 ounce Yeti tumbler with the highfalutin ski bums logo etched in it. Oh, that'd be great, dude. You'd be like, no, I can't drink from the glass. I got to drink from this tumbler, bro. It really breathes in this tumbler. <laughs> bro, you don't know. Listen, you know, you know your sommelier shit. I know how to make wine breathe and it's through this tumbler. <laughs> it's in this tumbler, bro. Is it? <laughs> awesome. All right, next up we have the fun state of Vermont uh, where Brian has been to and I have been to many times. Brian just went last week. And um, big step for Alchemist Brewery. So we've been talking about Alchemist Brewing Company. They opened up a new brewery. Uh, they're getting their distribution out, and now they're announcing that they are doing statewide distribution. So if you're in Boom. Par- far parts of Vermont, you're going to be able to get your Heady Topper and Vocal Banger, which used to never be distributed widely. So um, it's going to be pretty good. They're, they're partnering with Craft Beer Guild, um, which is a craft beer distribution company, and they're going to get those two brews which Vogel Banger was never available to the public. You had to go to a place. Like, it's pretty cool. Um, we need to belong to a guild of some sort. We could have the ski. Like a skiing guild. Oh, There's got to be one somewhere. A skiing guild. I like that. I'm writing it's, this down. It, just, it sounds so mysterious. You know? Like, we need to, like, we need to form a guild or join a guild. Dude, I wrote I it in my book. I want to be a guild guy. I wrote in my book, and one of these days when I'm dead and buried, like 100 years, and be like, these ski bum motherfuckers, look at this book. Skiing Guild. We got to make one. Yeah. Well, I'd like, I'm pretty sure that we, as being alive right now, could do it and actually enjoy the guild. I'm going to look to start one. Might be a membership to pay. It might be like a, a union, right? Hey, forget about it, you know? <laughs> forget about it. He's in the ski guild. You know, the ski guild will put a giant rat. <laughs> what would be the, the equivalent? We'll put a giant um, mar- uh, marmot, um, 
varmint at your uh, at your site. Yeti, a Sasquatch, giant Yeti. Yeah. Um, we got to start a ski guild. All right. If anybody knows a ski guild, um, I'm sure if we Google ski guild, there's like five thousand things in there. But yeah, you can call yourself a ski guild, but you got to have a real guild. Um, but yeah, so they're saying they uh, Alchemist produces nine thousand barrels of heady topper a year and six thousand barrels of focal banger. Selling about 3,000 cases per week. So over the last few years, they've been, you know, increasing their production. And um, they actually said one of the, one of the reasons is the, uh, in, the beer tourism is a big, big business now. And uh, it's, they realize that they, they, people want their beer. So beer tourism has made, let them realize that people want their beer and they should get it out. So. Like yeah, that. one thing I I was up there. It was Good Friday two years ago that I went up to Alchemist Brewery. Do you and broke think, liquid bread up there? I'll yes, I broke liquid bread, liquid and there was bread. no meat in my beer. <laughs> even though I did eat meat about five minutes after I left there, you can't have um, any meat in your beer. <laughs> one thing I didn't. Now I wonder because of Stowe being purchased by Vale Resorts. Ooh is conspiracy was, i like it conspiracy alert it's not it's not a conspiracy it's just a question i'm asking because i know it's not a conspiracy if it's true well john kimmick when you when you hear him talk you know he and even in this article he talks about how he wants to keep things in vermont he wants to keep jobs in vermont he wants to keep the money in vermont that's why it's staying at all the the uh, distribu- distributors and liquor stores in vermont he's like hey Good. if you want to come from new york and mass and new hampshire to buy it, great, but they're going to give, they're going to pay taxes in Vermont. But I absolutely love that they're doing that. But he's all about that, but he's all about keeping it local, which I love. And I wonder if he's kind of throwing like a, like a fuck you to, to veil by like, you know what? All this beer tourism was coming because of my brewery here at Stowe and you guys sold out to veil. I'm going to just pass it along to everywhere else in the state. So people don't have to travel here. I mean, yeah. they do say it's not really affecting they don't intend it to, inf- to affect the beer tourism, but it's going to, it absolutely is going to. And they said that in the article too, that 50% of the Stowe area association, their website traffic, 50% comes from the Alchemist website. Really? So you click on the Alchemist site, you go look for when the beers are available, what's available, and maybe they'll click on something else. Yeah. Pay um, the man out. That's what you got to do. Uh, you know what? He's the kind of guy He's like, I don't want your money. He's like, I just going to do what I want to do, brew my beer the way I want to, and you guys are going to have to deal with it. So here's here's what I love about craft beer and what I hate when craft beer gets successful. Like, I love that craft beer gets successful and they make a a ton of money. But then it becomes not as novel. It becomes where now you go to Europe, you're like, I don't need anything in Europe because I get the same shit back at home. It's, It's that same effect. Like, Isn't it so funny? You used to think like you'd always be like, oh, the internet, what is it like? Domestic beers are garbage. And it's yeah. like the imported stuff is so good. Yeah. Now it's like, mm, nope. Doesn't matter. Like they list Budweiser as a fucking, as a, as a foreign beer. It's not an American beer. It's true. Yeah. That's, funny. you know, when, it, when I was in Switzerland, I was like, it hit me when I, when I was there. I was like, it was on the menu as a, as a, as a foreign beer from Belgium. I was like, <laughs> or no, from Brazil. I was like, "What? It's Anheuser. It's Budweiser." Oh, I was like, "They're owned by." And I'm like, yeah. "Yeah, you know." So 
Well, one thing that is in Article Two is says um, the brewery won't won't be increasing its production to handle its expanded distribution network. Good, which is interesting because I wonder how much they can actually distribute without increasing production. I mean, they don't really make that much to begin with. Dude, is it going to be like okay, yeah, we're going to expand to all these different places, but you're all getting like a case a week? Awesome, it's a cage match every week at those locations. Pretty That's what you want. want, yeah. I mean, hey, we stood in line like a bunch of idiots an hour for a little bit of heady topper. I mean, that's what it's about. It's not about just finding it. It's about the whole trouble you have to go to get it. You have to earn that shit. It's about earning it. Exactly. You know, you, you can go to you can go to CVS and buy something for somebody and right, it's great. It's the thought that counts and it's all fine and dandy, but it's not unique. It's not like you went to Vermont and got this beer and keistered it on the plane and brought it back. Like you bring, a, you bring a keistered, you know, heady topper back. You're like, thanks, bro. That was a lot. Earned, a lot earned it. <laughs> that's well, right. that's, why do you think, I mean, that's a wide mouth can. Sam Adams. It's like freaking hard to do. Indeed. Like Sam Adams, like it's so it's mass distributed. It's still an independent brewery, yeah. but you kind of take it for granted because like I can get it anywhere. It doesn't have that sort of novelty to it where, you know, so, you go to, Something like that. Do you think it's it's still in the? I guess technically it's in the craft, but would you consider it craft beer, or would you just consider it a better beer than the other mass-produced beers? <sighs> That's a tough one. It's kind of it's almost like it's the line between the two. And at some point, you're going to jump over that line because when you're a craft brewer, you can get product like everything you need to make your your brew from local people and you know, the people hands on. And I know, you know, Boston Brewing Company, you know, Sam Adams, they have that commercial now where um, they're sitting at like the, the place where they grow the hops. And he's like, Oh, and I get from these six, you know, hops plate, you know, six farms and, and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but you're, it's, it's the, the problem with scaling up when you scale up to a certain point. Now you're going to have to go to, if you scale up, if Sam Adams were to scale up 10 times, they're going to the Monsanto farm where they're, where they're buying the mass produced shit, because that's the only place that can give them the mass quantity that they need. GMO hops. And you know, that's one of the things. Quality will always suffer. In, right. Uh, in this sort of industry. Unless you drive the masses to, to give you the mass quantities of that quality that you need, you know? Mm-hmm. So just interesting. I just think there's definitely a line. So I don't think they're they're crossing it, but I love the fact they want to keep it in Vermont. I just I hate the fact that it's readily available because everybody that doesn't know about it gets exposed to it when they don't even appreciate it, which is fine, but it's weird. Trust yeah. me, it's still hard to find. It's still like there's only a couple places that carry it, and they're pretty much sold out by the weekend. Yeah, well, look at Sip of Sunshine though, right? Now it's I wish, too I available, wish we right? could compare it. The ones that we drank in 2015 to the ones now, like, are they identical? But it doesn't mean as much now when you find it, right? It doesn't. Absolutely right. Scarcity, definitely. You know, we we do value scarcity as a society. And uh, I mean, no, no more so than the the beer industry. I mean, when you find, when you now know that you can get Sip and Heady all over Vermont, you're like, well, what's, what's some other new, new tiny little brewery that makes, you know, a thousand barrels a year and only distributes every two weeks. Like that's the one I want to get in line. 
line for it. There's like always some newer, better, or perceived better thing to go after. But you look at the wine sommelier, back to that story. And I tell you that the reason that some of those are highly coveted is because it was from one year, one growing season that was phenomenal. And you can never get that again. It's, it's frozen in time. You mm-hmm. can't mass produce that. Like it's, it's done. You know, yeah, the hops are different every year. Yeah. They're never identical. And if they didn't produce enough, oh, well, you know, that it's, it's worth that much more because you can't get your hands on it. So I just yeah. think it's, uh, it's interesting. And I actually saw, what the hell was it? I think it was a beer that put a year on it. Um, I don't know if it was Hill Farmstead, but they actually put a year because I think what they're going to get to is a vintage for this year from this farm. Like this is the beer that came out of that. So then you get beer into that same category with wine of, well, you're looking for a, you know, 1995 heady topper versus a 2020 <laughs> heady topper. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Oh yeah. 2021 yeah, was a vintage year. Only you know? certain beers you can do that with. Right. Well, dogfish 120. Now people are aging them even in the, in the kegs that they get. Um, and I heard what three to five years and you got some that are what about five. Years? I've accidentally aged about four, four or five bottles. Damn. And you're talking how many years now? 2012, 2013. So wow, that's yeah, nice. Those are legit, man. They should be five year age. So, five so you gotta, unfortunately it's not on a label. So you gotta like write like when you got it on there. Yeah, it's true. I should have, but but it's if funny, we, like perhaps, you don't think about it, but perhaps in a couple of weeks, if you do make it up here, we could break one of those out. Yeah. Along with the Malort, of course. Well, of course. Maybe get rich up there, get a little Malort tasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> funny stuff. Yes. All right. With that, it's time to take a ride. Let's get into the Genjula. Yeah, that was a long time in Apri Ski. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that, though. First up, FDA chief warns CBD rulemaking could take years without congressional action. What? This, of course, is one of those frustrating stories. And now this article is from MarijuanaMoment.net. And one thing I have noticed from them, as I, I do support what they're doing, but they tend to give you these sensationalist headlines to get you angry. Mm-hmm. Um when it all got to get people reading the article, right? Yeah. This guy um, who was speaking about it was the outgoing head of the FDA and was talking about the rules allowing hemp derived CBD in food products and says it's going to take a while unless Congress steps in. Um, he said that there's strong interest among the cannabis industry and lawmakers in developing a regulatory framework through which CBD from hemp could be extracted, sold, and introduced into the food supply. The problem is that the CBD uh, didn't exist in food supply and exists under uh, the exists as a drug under a statute. Now, this is bullshit. One of these things, like when you have these people who are like career politicians, they don't realize that people, if they want to use something, will just fucking use it they don't need your six people signing things off and a seal of approval it's all such 
nonsense. It's just this bureaucratic bullshit attitude. And, you know, we've been, we've had it so drilled into our heads that we have to listen to these fucking morons mm-hmm. and not listen to our bodies and to our brains and to the research that we have found that makes us go, you know what? This seems like exactly what I need. This makes me feel good. This makes my life better. Oh, but so-and-so fucking Scott Gottlieb from the FDA said, I can't use this. Fuck that guy. Like Fuck why that guy. We, good people don't follow stupid laws. And this is a stupid fucking law. Scott Gottlieb, go fuck yourself. Exactly. See, you, that's our seal of approval. It didn't if require... You don't like Scott Lieb, if you don't like Scott Gottlieb, write to us, we'll send you stickers, put stickers of high pollutant ski bumps on his forehead when you see him. We're not waiting six years or five years or whatever for all this stuff to get uh, approved by your this this group of people that somehow have been deemed the uh, these elders these these brilliant people who unless they sign off on this three hundred million people can't find relief for pain or for suffering from inflammation from seizures. It's it's so ridiculous. It's just so frustrating here how how any of these organizations operate. No. Next up, we have Vice News is reporting a bunch of killjoys are trying to prevent Paul Pearson from fulfilling his destiny, and his destiny is let this man build a huge wood bong for the town of Woodenburg. You goddamn monsters! Wooden bong. Wooden bong. Not Woodenburg. That's what makes it so freaking ironic <laughs> is that it's Wooden bong. The town's fucking name is Wooden bong. Wooden bong. And he Australia. can't make a wooden bong. And he can't make a giant wooden bong. It's crazy. So he's going to make it. So he had. like the town of like Steel Dildo, Pennsylvania. <laughs> they have a steel dildo. They have in a the town square. <laughs> you just have to. It's That's just right. par. It's just a requirement. So, quote, he said. I've always had an interest in bong making and art. <laughs> <laughs> he's been doing it his whole life. So he said, undoubt, undubitably, <laughs> undoubtedly, he said, the uh, pinnacle of his long bong building career would be making an absolutely massive one for the town out of wood. So wooden bong would have their own massive wood bong. And, it's uh, kind of like the, it's like Michelangelo's, it wasn't his decision to paint the Sistine Chapel. It was kind of his destiny. It was thrust upon him. And this gentleman, Paul Pearson, this is kind of his destiny. He didn't want this. He's not the hero they wanted. He's the hero they needed. The years from now, they'll look back and be like, why did they not let him build this gigantic massive bomb? He's the bong master of making bongs. They're right? going to build a statue to him not that, being able to build his bong. If, if like today, you know, Leonardo da Vinci came out and, and we realized who he was, would you not let him paint whatever the fuck he wanted to paint? That's what I'm saying, right? You got to fight the power there, Paul. Unfortunately, a lot of people would confuse Leonardo da Vinci with Leonardo DiCaprio and he'd be ass out. Just saying. Well... Since we're talking about Vice, they did have an article last week talking about showing the history, I think it was Vice, of like Leonardo DiCaprio's dating life. Uh, nice. And it's it's impressive, except right now it's getting a little creepy because he's he's like, what, 45 or something? Let me just he's, say. He's dating some Le- girl who's like 20. Okay, three guys you would want to maybe, maybe want to be. Which one are you picking? 
Leonardo DiCaprio, Derek Jeter, or uh, what's the catcher for the Mets? Uh, what's his face? Piazza. Piazza. Which which one are you taking out of those three? And it's probably between Jeter or DiCaprio. Uh, I don't even know what Piazza's dating, but I'm sure uh, I want no part of it. That's freaking down the line. Well, now do am I <laughs> do I become them and have their looks as well, or am I just they're dating? They're they're dating profile. <laughs> like I, I need to know the full the, extent of this. The, the best thing that Jeter is like the little gift bag. <laughs> oh, Dude, that's fucking incredible! For those who don't know about this story, <laughs> so with Derek now, Derek Jeter is one of the most brilliant. <laughs> brilliant men on the planet so when he, he was started York, the whole like put your phone in the bowl like nobody's yes. touching their phone like that's Dude, it no social was, media that's he it was squeaky clean everyone in new york loved him um never was, bad stories about him because yeah he would <laughs> he would bring girls home or have them sent to whatever however they got there they were yeah. they come to his place he would make sure they didn't have their phones on them they'd th- have to put it away whatever whatever that is sweet, sweet loving that's the it. next morning, he'd have a car service ready to bring them home, and they would get a gift basket. There was like well. a butler that would give them a gift basket or some shit like yes, that. Yes, it was like their um, like Jeeves would give them a basket and have the car ready for them. But the funniest part, the story came out because there was some famous like model girl. I don't think she was that famous. I think she was just some. She's famous because of the story. Let's put it that way. Yeah, because she got the same gift basket, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like was it like an autographed baseball and like it was like a fucking Rolex watch, chocolates. <laughs> He made fun of um, Borat. What's his face? Sasha Baron Cohen when he did the Dictator. He made fun uh-huh. of it, like because remember, like oh, he's giving right. the pictures on the wall. <laughs> he gave yeah. Megan Fox at the beginning, and she's <laughs> like, "Oh, I got another Rolex." He threw it away. Yeah. I got the same thing. It's hilarious. <laughs> got, and you know what the best thing is? There's a company. There was like some sort of like mom and pop like flower shop that's like also making these gift baskets. They're like, how many gift baskets this week, Mister Jita? Twenty gift baskets this. 20 this week? Dude, that's awesome. There's like a fucking plan B in there. For sure there is, yeah. It's so horrible. You can get like way fucking horrible. Plan B, a coat hanger, autographed baseball, like some mints, some some chocolates, some Valtrex, like there's all kinds of goodies in there for you. Bath salts, like just shit, you know, whatever. Like that thing from Men in Black, like the mind eraser thing. (laughs) (laughs) Just look into this thing and press the button and everything will be fine. Wow. So that that rolled off the rails pretty quickly. Yeah. So hopefully... So, Paul Pearson, we got your back. If you need help building a bong, we'll send you some supplies. Will well, the, we? I don't know. What supplies this, can we offer him? What does he star, do? The star and vice is great because he has like the picture of him standing next to like a tree, like a cut tree with like a big bong, like smoker part. He looks exactly like the guy you think would want to build a giant wooden bong. Yeah. He has the Kango on and then he has a. Uh, He's got a lot of piercings yes a lot of piercings going on yeah good for him he got his back I, I believe in him and i believe he should uh listen when enough of those old people die in that town that gold that wooden bong is gonna get built wooden bong is getting built it's like the ark that's gonna save the town just thinking that he's like the noah of the <laughs> bong the noah <laughs> he's the noah of wooden bong you know some old person there. All right, what else we got? All right, we got one last story while I'm still in the gondola. And this one is a, uh, this is this is another one of those interesting 
but it's potentially a negative story. This is from NPR. From Reefer Madness. Article. Eh, could be that. It says daily marijuana use and highly potent weed is linked to psychosis. I'm kind of on board with this because I'm not a big fan of highly potent weed. Yeah. And of course, you know, it talks about how a lot of people are trying to, or a lot of states and, and even countries are looking to legalize it. Uh, but there's been some studies that have come out that says that frequent use of pot is associated with a higher risk of psychosis. That is when someone loses touch with reality. Uh, and this was published this past Tuesday in the Lancet Psychiat Psychiatry that shows that consuming pot on a daily basis and especially using high potency cannabis increases the odds of having a psychotic episode later. Okay, so you take this. Several, well, so there have been several studies that link marijuana usage and schizophrenia. So mm. they're kind of in the same realm, schizophrenia and psychosis. So do you think if this was alcohol, it'd be the same kind of study? Because I tell you what, people that drink frequent alcohol, really high alcohol content alcohol, it's pretty, they're pretty fucked up. Well, that's where the story eventually kind of goes into, you know, they talk about the research here and they had 1200 plus other, you know, healthy people. Um, and they asked them about their habits and they asked if they use cannabis and what kind of cannabis they used. And they said that people who use pot daily were three times more likely to have a psychotic episode compared with someone who never used the drug. And what happened was people looked at all that information and, you know, people who were being objective about it and who really had no skin in the game and really weren't either pro or, or against, they were saying that, you know, well, the study doesn't actually prove causality. You know, you can't say that cannabis actually causes the psychosis. It's just not supported by that data. And a few other people have agreed. They said that, you know, using weed, um, and then to years later, tie it to a psychotic episode, you know, you really need a lot more data and you need twins, triplets, quadruplets with the exact same experiences. Exactly. And study that over time. I have 20 psychotics weed. There's still going to be psychotics on weed. Well, I will also tell you that they're doing this daily with high, you know, high THC counts. Dude, I go to work daily and i'm developing psychosis because it's driving me fucking crazy going to work every day you know what if, yeah again if you're drinking you know Everclear every day you're going to go into psychosis mode too it's not just because of the pot it's because of the freaking daily grind of doing something you don't enjoy every day you know what psychosis iphone is psychosis dude try goddamn phone is a psychotic episode every day for people you know how many goddamn times I check the price of Bitcoin on my phone every fucking day? Probably at least 36. But people snap twatting every day, like fucking thousand times a day. It's crazy. It's it's a phobia where, where people are afraid to not have their phone. I tell you what, it's just as bad. It's 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 fucking horrible. And and the shameful part of it is everybody's looking at weed and alcohol and drugs or whatever. This is the worst fucking thing for you. By your head. It's radiating your fucking head with stuff and nobody cares. They're like, whatever. I got, I got to be known on social media. Great. You got to be bullied by somebody else on fucking social media because you haven't posted anything in a few weeks. I mean, really? So because you've been getting sweet, sweet pow every day, you got to feel bad because somebody else is posting that they got sweet pow. Fuck that. 
as long as you're getting your sweet towel, that's matters. Just saying. That should be on a t-shirt. If you're missing out on sweet pal, does not matter. Does not fucking matter. That's true. It's crazy. Yeah. So it could, it could cause psychosis. So could a miserable life, alcohol. So could not skiing or boarding. That could cause so a could. lot of psychosis. Definitely. Dude, if you're cooped up in the winter, you're going you're gonna to fucking go like, why do you think everybody's so afraid of the shining? Because that shit is true. If you're cut off from the world, inside in the winter, you leave a... You know what? The Shining with a bunch of skiers and boarders and a bunch of fucking backcountry people. That's the best fucking happy tune. Wasn't he ever. in Colorado? Could he just gone out and fucking skied? Estes Park. A fucking bitch. Yeah. Estes, Estes Park, Colorado. I tell you that. Fucking. He, he could have not been a bitch and gone out hiking and camping and doing whatever the fuck outside. All work and no skiing makes Jack a dull boy. <sighs> Jack wouldn't have gone crazy and killed everybody. Right. Indeed. So with that. Let's go to ski news. Mario, start us off. I'm going to start us off because former Deer Mountain Ski Resort is back on the market after repairs. So there's a ski resort in South Dakota that's up for sales. Um, and two years after, it was shut down for bankruptcy, which I don't know. JP, are they doing it right? They're not going to go this route, right? We might be okay. Still, uh, yeah, we still haven't really got the official word from what's still up in the air. Um, but you know, they said um, a former it's a former the owners of the former Deer Mountain Mystic Minor Resort near Lead said they've cleaned up the 440 acre property, made repairs, upgraded water systems, servicing residences, um, and this is what the Rapid City Journal reported. Uh, so they're saying, you know, they did some upgrades. They, you know, entrepreneurs. So they're saying 2008 entrepreneurs um, bought it. They did Mystic Miner at Deer Mountain uh, with plans to operate it year round, <clears throat> which uh, is always interesting because I wonder what they're going to do in the summer. Use it's either a golf course or now it's biking. But um, so they're saying, in addition, the resort south of, of Lead features a 6,850 foot summit in zero gravity tube park. So there's a lot of stuff in here. So basically they're saying it is up for sale and it's Deer Mountain, not Deer Valley. <laughs> yeah. That'd be great, right? Deer Valley is yeah. up for sale. That's Fuck a goddamn me. deal. There's houses that aren't Deer Valley that are worth way more than $3 million. <laughs> <laughs> Three million dollars, let's, let's buy it. Condos are more than that there. So it's up for sale. So if you're if you're listening to this podcast, and our voices are touching your ears and you really feel for us. And you hit the Powerball this week. You got to 650 tomorrow, up. right? 650 million. You got to hook us up Buy the resort turn. We will podcast every day. That's a lot. For you. That's a big commitment. Well, every we got to be, we got to Okay. Every week <clears throat> live sponsored. It'll be a techno party. Uh, it'll be a sexy techno party. Well, when I think week. sexy techno party, you know, I think South Dakota is exactly where I'm thinking about here. That's where I'm going. I think you're, I, I, but I do respect you trying to make South Dakota a sexy techno party spot. South Dakota is waiting for a little sexiness. I mean, we can bring sexy back to South Dakota is what I'm saying. But did um, sexy ever truly leave South Dakota? It didn't. I think it's kind of dormant. It's dormant. Dormant. Hidden. Dormant. I like it. I think it's always been there. 
I think we can we can highlight it. We can release the beast. Release the beast. <laughs> <laughs> unleash unleash the free kraken, Willy, baby. Release the kraken, free Willy. There's a lot of there's a lot of comments we could have, but basically we could bring it back. So I think we can make it like the new Jackson Hole. Dude, if we have a ski bum podcast, we just do ski bum themed mm-hmm. resort. We can help them with like marketing and their start a brewery, have like a <sighs> studio there, little incubator right right outside town. You want to have your town go go large? Do a little incubator, little town stuff going. You got to have Handmaid people live there, shop. work there, huh? Handmade ski shop, taco trucks. Yes. I think we'd have a whole handmade town. I you think, walk in there, it's all I think handmade stuff. My bespoke guacamole truck. I think that's got some legs. It's just traveling around within like a five mile radius, making fresh guacamole for you. Dude, think about it. Somebody wants some somebody wants some candies or sweets. You go in, homemade taffy. There's like handmade chocolates. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Handmade tortillas. Nobody's getting tortillas from a goddamn store. You're making those tortillas boom for that taco truck. We could we could turn that place into just uh an epic destination spot. And I think too, the big thing would be to limit lift tickets. Boom. There you go. Of the mountain. Not as much as Cartman limited the lift tickets. <laughs> Not the Cartman South Park limiting lift tickets, but we'll go further than that. We'll be good. That's right. Yeah, I think definitely. I like it. Uh, old, old fashioned. Um, what you want? Snowcats. Just like people just up the mountain. Only Tucker trip. Tucker classic snowcats. Why do you even have to live? Have a lift? Just snowcat everybody up. Mm, like Tesla snowcats, man. Tesla snowcats. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> Elon, hit us up. Elon, hit us up. Skibonpodcast.com. <laughs> next up this weekend the pain mcschlonky classic returns to squaw valley california this is an <laughs> annual tradition that pays homage to the life and legacy of skiing giant shane mcconkey uh this is the eighth annual pain mcschlonky classic and it runs from friday through saturday the event is organized by the Shane McConkey Foundation, a nonprofit created to honor the legacy of ski legend Shane McConkey, who died in 2009 at the age of 39. Yeah. yeah. Among many other achievements, McConkey is credited with coining the term free skiing and helping popularize fat skis. If you haven't seen the documentary McConkey, go do mm. it right now. I watch it all the time and it's inspiring. It's the most sad but beautiful documentary i think i've can i've ever watched it's he's pretty amazing he's uh yeah you know just and we all know how it ends, well. but it's the way they do it the but here's the thing the measure of a man is not like it's it's the effect that you have on people how you lived your life you know like i mean he fucking touched so many people just being a badass and it's it's, being, it's crazy being who he was destined to be yeah, I still think about time him every time I ski. I think about you know, like what would Shane do? You know, like like how like he just it seemed like he was always enjoying the moment, and you know it's something that he was always in the moment too. Yeah, he was, was never like fucking around. Like 
I'm sad I never did this. I'm sad I never did. You know what? Don't be sad about it. Need more likes on Facebook. No. Yeah, just do it. Like yeah. it doesn't matter. Like everything else comes to you in life. Just do what you what you're meant to do. You know. Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> yeah. And, don't be know. sad for that. Like there's very few people that are like that that are just like, look, man. I don't care if I have faults. I don't care. Whatever. I do what I do and people appreciate it. And that's it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's true. So he, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful. That they keep doing this and that it goes to the, you know, the Shane McConkie foundation. I love how it kind of follows his life. I love this dish. Like the whole agenda for this thing is great. Oh, it's beautiful. So tomorrow, well, this will be, this will be launched on Friday, which is, when the the uh, actual festivities begin, excuse me, they have the big apre party at the Plaza Bar at Squaw, and then on Saturday. So wait, wait until some of our fans reach out to us and say, "Jump on a plane at this place and get there. We might be there tomorrow." Just saying. Uh, you never know. I'm not blanking out of the realm of possibility. I'm just I'm saying. Actually, you know what? I'd gun for the Saturday morning. There you go. I'm a realist. <laughs> the plane will be ready tomorrow afternoon and then I'm, we can get I'm checking the email right now we might get a we might get somebody to be like hey man you want to go to the shame of cocky yeah they have the hot dog downhill from 9 to 9 30 on saturday morning sweet uh, it's where everyone dresses up in ridiculous outfits to compete in the coveted pain mcschlonky golden saucer trophy awesome. the ultimate snowblade showdown Oh, snowblades. Athletes line up atop the legendary KT-22 chairlift for an all-out snowblade blitz as the pros take on 30 amateurs in an anything-goes battle to the finish on Squaw's GS Bowl, named for the original 1960 Olympic giant slalom course. I just have to say, now I understand why people are rocking snowblades everywhere I go. See, they're practicing for this. They're on the inside saying, hey, you guys don't know what we're doing. We're, we're supporting Shane. Playing the snowblaze, bro. bro. Snowblaze, bro. Snowblaze, bro. Yep. It's a, it's a, you know, people are they're doing it to, they want to win that saucer. They want to pay homage to Saucer Boy. As, mu- thing. as much as I, I keep joking about it, like I still want to try Snowblaze. I want to do it. <laughs> We have the award ceremony at one to two. Who will take home bragging rights to the fastest snowblader on the planet? Yeah, giggity, giggity. So remember our quote unquote friend who had that video with the snowboard with like the like little rocket engine in the back of it? Yes. What if he did that on snowblades? Like little snowblade rockets. I think we do that on snowblades. I'm not sure we have the engineering background to make that happen. I think we can. I think from Ruhr has it, it was a lot of uh, model rocket engines like packed together that just ignited at one time. Mm. <laughs> not, very com- not very complicated. Yeah. There's a lot of burn. Let's put it that way. Yeah, right. You, you don't want to rent those things. You want to get them secondhand so that you could burn the shit out of them. <laughs> Uh, there's also a costume contest as well as the big Shane McConkey Legacy Gala, which is the sexiest party on the planet. Ooh, sexy party. Event. The theme for the ninth and final gala is the spy who loved Goldfinger. Oh, that sounds freaking magical. Dude, we got to get to that thing. 
It's at the Olympic Village Lodge, and it's 21 or older. So the uh, that sounds fun. Pain McSchlanky classic, and paying you know homage to one of the the greatest innovators and inspirations in the industry. So Brian, I want to reach out to our sponsors and see if we can get a little ticket to this because um, you know who you are. Your, our sponsors need to come up big for this. That would be wonderful. I feel like like one of the like sponsors like for us would be almost like remember like the little league baseball teams. Tito's bail bonds. Tito's bail bonds. It's like Fred's tires. <laughs> Dude, if you're at Tito's bail bonds or you're Fred's tires, we will we will promote you on this podcast. If there's a weed shop or a ski shop, weed or ski, you got it. Weed or ski, ride or die. That's all. <laughs> Rider time, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> on podcast at com. All right. So next up, we got DPS Riders Weekend. Now, DPS does a lot to promote their brand. They're doing, uh, it's only two weeks away. You got to reserve a spot. And it is pretty awesome because every year they do this and they demo their skis. It's pretty tough to demo DPS skis. A lot of times it's hard to even find a place to rent them. Like, even if you want to rent them, pay to demo them, like it's, it's tough. So they're saying April 5th, um, they're going to have a reception in Salt Lake City. So this is all in Utah. Uh, so they're going to have New Belgium Brewing there. They're going to have like all the DPS skis available for demo um, on the 5th. Then the 6th, they're going to have a, um, private residence in Little Cottonwood Canyon. So they have a little VIP party over there um, in Alta. Then they're going to have the DPS, you know, available for demo with Phantom. Uh, barbecue, they're going to have resort, backcountry. Phantom is their, is their um, one-time like permanent wax that they have. Yes. So, they're, so DPS came out with this. So, Brian, talk about the little the Phantom for a little bit because I'm so interested in this and we talked about this before. So the Phantom Wax is you put it on and it's supposed to be like lifetime wax? Pretty much, yeah. In Brian, essence. What kind of application, yeah. I don't think we have a we've had a long-term study on this. Like, but then again, how long do you have skis for? We have not. And there was a, a really great article that they had in powder a couple months ago where one of the writers did a very thorough run through and, you know, over a couple of months having it, uh, you know, on their skis. And the one cool thing about the Phantom and, you know, we've, we've, it's easy to argue the pros and cons to, to this product. And, you know, I know when we first saw it coming out, one of our things that we, we talked about and, you know, spoke negatively about it was like, what's this going to do to local, tuning shops and is this going to shut down that industry and more importantly what's happening to the shop dog yes shop dog going to be thrown out on the streets not going to have the shelter something like that i mean perhaps eaten i mean nobody wants any of those things to happen to the shop Depends how remote you are exactly it depends where the momo is let's put it that way yes When we, you know, when I saw the article, we were going to talk about it a couple of weeks ago. And for some reason, we didn't get to it. It was going to be a, a main topic, but you know, you know how life goes in the the podcast world. 
the oh, cool yeah. thing about well, the one interesting thing about the the phantom is the way it actually it actually chemically bonds with the base of your skis and so, creates like a new chemical bond like a new like stronger faster base so that's crazy because i've heard of like so the last time i had my skis professionally done by like a little local shop they did a they said <clears throat> there was something they put into the grid and they were like it's this grid that we put on on the ski and they was like I don't know. I was I wasn't really listening or paying attention, and they basically saying they were like ironing something into the ski that would keep it uh, uh, getting better waxed ongoing. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I was like, Yeah, sure. For an extra ten or fifteen or twenty bucks, I was like, Yeah, throw it in there. You know. Yeah. Um, so the, with that powder article you know, the ultimate conclusion to it was, was that if you are like an in resort skier, this is like a no brainer. Like you should definitely do this. It'll be oh, wow. great. But it said, if you're doing any sort of backcountry skiing, you know, using skins and going through, you know, different terrain, you're going to need to, to still use uh, a real waxing procedure. Hmm. Now again, too, like this is just for the, the actual, base you know you're still gonna have to do your edging you're still gonna have to sharpen it so there's you know it's not like you're it's like nothing no maintenance required on on your skis after you get this but they said again if you're in resort and just you know maybe if you have like you know someone in your family who doesn't really want to do much crazy terrain just do this once and you're set for the life of the skis i guess it depends how gnarly you ski, right? So if you're skiing over For trees sure. and bumps and fucking rocks and shit like that, it's going to mess up those skis. You got to have somebody hand tune them after. Right? I just had my skis done a couple of weeks ago and there was so much just, I mean, uh, I'm one of those people, like I used to be one of those people who used to just not want to hurt my skis and don't want to mess <laughs> them up. But you just get to a point in your life where you're like, I want to, fuck shit up like i want to try crazy stuff like i want to you know what i bought these skis for a reason you know it's like people who buy really nice cars and they never drive them it's yeah. the stupidest thing on the planet you, you, the reason why you bought a porsche was to go racing with it you know don't leave it in your garage and let's just get old and mildewy and shitty and seizing the engine drive that fucker drive it hard same with the skis go go grind some shit if you got to fix them you fix them you gotta get new ones get new ones but yeah, ski hard I'll never forget the time we went. It was, I think you Camel were Camelback, like, I remember. Holy shit, dude. It was like the first or second time you were on your new skis. And we were going, I don't remember. The conditions were kind I was, of I was like up. a, I was like a freaking like, like 13-year-old girl going for her, <laughs> her freaking confirmation and her dresses getting all messed up and getting all willy-nilly and, and you're getting out. all mad because we're like going through shit and i'm like i don't know man it was like late season or early season i don't even remember and no, was it was like, it was mlk weekend so it was MLK. Like pretty early mid but the conditions weren't great so we're like you know this thing cover on shit and i was like i i had my skis for maybe I don't know, 97 two, years at that point yeah, no no i had the new skis i had the brahma. No, you had the heads didn't you you know oh, I, I thought know. i had the brahmas i think it was 2015 14, 15. I don't remember. I thought I had newer skis, but anyway, I was like, 15. I was like, whatever, let's, let's zip on down. And 
you, I was talking to him. I was like, dude, you could fix everything up as long as you don't mess up the edges. Then it's, it's a quick little fix up. Like even if you, you scar the ski, just like go over whatever, as long as you don't mess the edges up, you're, you're relatively easy to fix. And you're like, I don't know. And there were new skis. And I was like, I understand. But then at, at a certain point, I was like, well, you're going to have to take chances. I mean, yep. because you're either not going to ski because you don't want to mess up your skis, or you're going to ski and just be like, let the chips fall where they may. You know, and now that you've done your own skis, I think you realize you're like, it's not unfixable unless you like break a ski. Like, right. You got to really fuck up a ski. No, you're, you're completely a hundred percent spot on. You yeah. know, like it's one of those things you, you look at them and you think they're these like pristine, you know, pristine tools that you don't want to injure or mess up or hurt. It's like, but no, that's why these were made for this. They're yeah. made to absorb this impact and this pounding. And yeah, you can fix them. This isn't a goddamn Bugatti Chiron, you know, <laughs> even you know, that there's not a fixed. billion moving parts. There's a couple of little things. You don't mess the bindings up. You know, if you're just messing the bottom up, yeah, you P-Tech it, you know, you, you grind on your, um, your edges, you put on new wax. Like you, it's just regular maintenance, it's like changing the oil in a car. Like it's the simple things. If you were to wear your skis out to where they're unskiable, you know what? You get a fucking, you get a fucking medal for life because you wore that, those skis out and yeah. you had the best value you could have out of those skis. It doesn't matter if it's after one year, two years, 12 years, as long as you got your worth out of them, that means you skied. Smash the shit out of them, you know. Mean like you, make means you lived, man. You lived. Don't be a beautiful corpse. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's right, man. You, hey, you're gonna die someday. We're all gonna die. But do you have a story? Do you have, have we truly lived? Exactly. You know what? Perhaps it was my increase in marijuana consumption after that day. Perhaps that's what's causing my psychosis. It's making me not give a fuck about my skis anymore. That's right. I mean, I, I give a fuck more about them, but I don't give a fuck about how I treat them. Does that make sense? Exactly. Like I care more about them and I want them to be precision and working correctly. And I get them, you know, tuned more often. I'm doing it myself now, but I don't care about what they deal with on the mountain. Like I'm, I'm controlling you. You are, it's like, you are my slaves on my feet. Like what I, you go where I tell you to go. So think about it this way. So people collect, you know, famous, um, baseballs that were, you know, hit and, you know, home run, the one in the world series, blah, 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 whatever. Yeah, they're called virgins. Signed by somebody. So think about this. Do you go out, buy a brand new ball, put in a fucking case and say, Hey, I got a, I got a baseball. Or do you go and you take the ball that was used, that was hit, that something happened and put it under glass. The reason you put it under glass is because you, you use that, that ball. You, you, you made it. It's it, got it, experience. It's got energy. It's got something happened. power in it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Well, it's like, it's like, people, it's like people who, you know, like save their star Wars figures and put them in the box after they played with them. It's you know, sad like, to me. It's I understand depressing. it, but it's sad. Like I see my son playing with his toys. He breaks everything. He rips the pages out of his books. He just smashes everything. And I love that. I That's want it. him to smash everything and crush everything. And because you know what? That's, it's just stuff. It's just things. And if it leads to an experience of you learning 
oh, well, when I rip this, this happens. And, you know, when I break this, this, I have to learn how to fix this. Like it's, it, it gets that your brain working more than this like sanitary, I don't want to mess up my toys and I want to just move the arms a little bit and then put Darth Vader back in the box and put him back on the shelf. That's just, it's so sanitary. It's like living your life, just dipping your hands in Purell every five minutes. Yeah. You know, not getting dirty and messed up and learning things. It's just a, it's just a, almost like living in quarantine. It's disgusting. But think of this. Somebody, somebody comes out and says, Hey, I'm going to give you a car. And they give you a Koenigsegg fucking race car. (laughs) Just to fucking go crazy. Right. They give you that car. You take it, you put it in a garage, you never drive it. You killed that car. It's not a Koenigsegg at that point. It's a fucking museum piece because you never drove that car. If you fucking take that out and drive that car, maybe not wreck it, maybe not ruin it, but you drove it and you had a lot of fun. You let the car be a car Mm -hmm. and you had a fucking great time with it. Same thing with skis, same thing with equipment, same thing with fucking life. You got to live it, man. Otherwise you're wasting it. Use use every hole. Give it to somebody else. Hey, give it to somebody else. There's a lot of people that are fucking dying from shit. And I tell you what, they would love the life that you have right now. You know, doesn't matter if you have a lot of, a lot of money. doesn't matter if you can enjoy one extra minute on the ski slope. I guarantee there's somebody that would love to have that extra minute in their lifetime. For sure. I had, so I, you know, was skiing this past weekend and the second day I was skiing, I just, it was one of those days, like you just feel off. Like I didn't have enough water. I drank too much the night before. I didn't Oof. sleep well. Yeah, it was, it was one of those days. And, you know, you get out there and you're like, hey, you know what? I'm not feeling right. And then, you know, I was initially, I know last week I was talking about how I was going to create all these like crazy Instagram stories because I was going to be alone, but I wasn't alone. You know, I had a, I had a, a friend who I was skiing with and I, um, that's that day, like she came out a little bit later and we went over to this one run and it's, it's a challenging run. And again, I didn't feel well, but I was like, you know what? I want to do this run. And I went and I did it and it was challenging. The conditions weren't perfect, but you know what? It almost like, it almost like snapped me back into that, that state, you know, where you're always, you think about like how great it's going to be on your ski trip. Yeah. Like you're like, it's going to be an 11. It's going to be perfect. It's going to be great. I was having like a four day and that snapped me back to that 10. Like it just, it was challenging. It was tough. It wasn't fun the whole time, but when I was done, I was so happy I did it. That's good. It just snaps you back to like, to be like, Oh my God, I'm doing the thing I love the most. And I'm such a like point oh 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 one percent of the planet it gets to do this right now and i'm so happy and this feels so good and this is so great and i love it like it just you need almost that to feel like crap and to, to get a, you lose perspective and to have that just that one run that just changes your entire perspective on what you're yeah. doing and why you're doing it and how lucky you are to be able to do it well life life isn't supposed to be perfect all the time. Anyway, it gets boring. Like think about like you have a perfect day. Why is it a perfect day? Because it's unlike every other day that you've had that has a little quirkiness, whatever. And it just feels perfect. But you know, when you have that day, that that shit's never going to come back around like that. that was a super one rare. Life. And you know what? As long as you enjoyed it, that's exactly what you're supposed to do. Just enjoy it when it happens. Fuck. Yeah, for sure. hundred <laughs> percent. 
So I shoot always grind skis, fucking, and you tune in skis now. That's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> it is, you know what? And we went on a really weird tangent talking about DPS and their demos and their phantom wax. But you know what? That's that's okay. That's what Dude, I'm looking at my DPS right now. They're angry at me, but I love those fucking skis, man. Yeah, <clears throat> I love those. Well, you better get back on them in a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks, I'm bringing those bitches. I'm not. I brought the um, the Brahmas last time. I'm bringing the uh, the DPSs. Um, yeah that's right i'm looking at you <laughs> <laughs> so anyway they're going to be in uh 10 north american skiers with the best skiers per capita so they're doing bridgeville montana stowe vermont mad river Glen, vermont jackson hill wyoming god damn tommy mo um <laughs> stevens pass washington nick Mar- <laughs> uh crested butte butte of uh, mount baker whistler blackcomb we got. We should go there. We really should go. Just saying. Whenever you go, it's sunny there. So we should go. And if you want a sunny day, invite this motherfucker right here. This guy brings the sunshine. No, the Ski Bum Podcast brings the sunshine. That's what we do. And um, well, you know what? We should really Whistler with Whistler Mountain Weed Shop. <laughs> ski, ski of sunshine. No, the Whistler uh, shop that brought the fucking 300 milligram chocolate bar. <laughs> well, that's all fully 100% legal now. I know, but they were like, this was kind of shady at the time. I will go back to those guys. Anyway, oh, all the did snowbird. You, did you go to any perhaps alleged cannabis shops when you were in Canada? No, none at all. Really? No, you know, there was no time. We were running around visiting people and stuff. So it was all good. I had a great time. Uh, it was just, this is not enough time, you know? Um, I heard allegedly there were people that I hung around with that probably had weed, but I was like, yeah, whatever. I would have fallen asleep, man. I just fall right asleep usually. <laughs> so. Uh, so there's one story that we have left. Did you finish the whole list? Recently? I did finish the list. Alta was the last one. Yeah. There's one additional story that um, we wanted to talk about before we get to the main topic. And this is our boy, Nick, who has been on a couple times already. Now he, he sent this to us in our little group chat that we have. And I mean, this was a game changer for me personally. Uh, Louis Vuitton. Oh Louis, yeah. Louis, Louis Vuitton. I think it's actually pronounced. Louis Vuitton. Louis Vuitton is now selling skis. Louis V. For $5,200. I call him Louis V fucking dollars for some reason. So while I hated this initially, I love this after because I just want to know where they're going to be so I could steal them. <laughs> That's my take on this whole thing. Just saying. Uh, you know what it is? And it, like you look at the design of the skis, you know, so, like, you know, people when they travel, you know, people put stickers on their skis and their helmets, they get patches for their backpacks, their jackets. And especially like when you see people's ski bags or ski boxes on their cars, there's always, you know, stickers all over them. So what they did is for the top sheet on these skis, there's like a fake carbon fiber. And then on top of that, there's these, they look like this kind of stickers you would get from, you know, wherever you're traveling a variety of different resorts, but they're all like Louis Vuitton branded. Yeah. If you look at a sticker that's like, oh, it looks kind of like the same sticker you get from Zermatt. Oh, it's really just a Louis Vuitton version of that. So you see a ski bag, and I was like thinking D bag, and it kind of fit into the story. (laughs) 
<laughs> like I can't even imagine what kind of fucking asshole would buy these skis. So you know what asshole would buy these skis? The douchebag that I saw at um I won't name the resort, but a very fancy resort where he stopped and some little dude came out and quicked him out of his skis and he just walked away and left dropped the poles and just fucking walked away. <laughs> yes. That's not a ski sherpa. That's a fucking slave. Modern day slavery. It exists in the popular ski areas. Yeah, these these could be the most ridiculous things ever. And the best thing about it is like when you go to the website, it doesn't even mention the size of the skis, how big they are underfoot, the length. Well, because, you know, it mentions nothing. They're all about like cost, not size. Size matters in the world of not cost. Just saying. It's, you know, you look at this and you really, you just want to grab the skis and just take them and just beat someone at Louis Vuitton over the head with them. I just want to beat the person that's skiing with them over the head with them and just like throw them. I actually, if I saw somebody with these, I'd click them out and just fucking throw them in like a ravine. That's the kind of person you just like, or you want to ski right past them and like, just like snap them out of their binding. Like as you ski past them. Well, the best part is, you know, they're not getting it. They're going to send somebody down there like, boy, go get my skis. <laughs> like, <laughs> I dropped a pole. I'm going skiing down without a pole. I'll just fucking get my pole, you know? Yeah. Well, Pretty you know, they, uh, if they do buy this, they're going to have to buy the technical padded leather blouse and jacket for $7,000 to complete the outfit. Blouse <laughs> jacket. That's awesome. You know what they better do is they better buy the fucking lock to lock these bitches up. Because I'm going to be like, mm-hmm. I see what you got. Oh, my God. If you just if you just want to get angry at the world, just go to the Louis Vuitton website. We're gonna, we'll post a link. I wouldn't get angry, but I, what I would do if I saw somebody with these skis, I would wait till they parked them, and I would gently and quietly put some high flutin' ski bum stickers over nice. the stickers they have on there. Boom. That's what I'm talking about. Right? That'll fit right on there. <laughs> yeah, like all the circle ones. Just put a circle a sticker just on it. Every other one just fucking high fluid and ski bumps. There you go. And you know what? They probably wouldn't notice. Probably not. Nope. They'd be like, oh, these are very good skis. They they ski so look, well. We look at the bottom and it just says Lewis Lewis Vuton on there. Lewis Vuton. <clears throat> yeah, Lewis Vuton was such a great skier. <laughs> yes, uh, I did. Didn't he win the um, the downhill gold in 1956? If I see somebody with the Louis Vuitton uh, skis, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut that motherfucker. <laughs> you know, you're gonna see it. You're gonna see them next to a guy with snow blades. Just seems like Deer Valley. There's definitely some Louis Vuitton snow blades oh, going on. We can on. make fake ones with high flute and ski bum, just different different logos. That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> just take those the logos that are on there and make a skin that is just like all different HFSB logos. All right, so now we're gonna roll into the main topic, and we had a bit of a discussion on what we're gonna do this week, and we weren't exactly sure, but then, based on a few serendipitous events, we decided Ooh, that the main like that. topic was going to be a discussion of our home mountain. We call it our home mountain of Killington, Vermont. I was just up there this past weekend. And before 
uh, last season, Mario and I both did a, a ski house up there for three years. And I was up there this season too. We met up we there. You were up there earlier this year, back in January. We were both up there. And, you know, we've skied all over the place, all over, you know, the world. And, you know, we, a lot we of could say all over the, the world. We could. We absolutely have all over the world. And, you know, a lot of places, obviously, on uh, the East Coast here, up in the New England area. And, you know, for all the places we go to up there and even places, I, I definitely can't compare the skiing out West to the skiing in Vermont. It'd be foolish to, but there's something about the scene, the environment, the, the cold. atmosphere, the, something about the cold, the people, the, yeah, the, the, the toughness that's required. The to resilience. Do it. Yes. The resilience. Exactly. The Killington is just our, it's just, it's a special place for us. Here's the difference. Ice, fresh scrapes on Killington. You go out west, people are complaining about, oh my God, it's not sunny. Are we going to be able to ski today? And you're like looking at them like saying, this is fucking amazing. <laughs> that's the difference, right? There's, that's spot on right there. Yeah. I mean, we've skied in some super gnarly conditions, rain, sleet, snow, ice, whatever. and you will see everybody is still out there dealing with it too. Well, yeah, yeah you go to a, a fancier place and people are used to, well, I don't have eight inches of powder. This is ridiculous. How can I even ski this? It's not sunny. It's never sunny. It's sunny. <laughs> what? I sunny? think I've, I think I've used my, my uh, like sunny goggles like <laughs> twice in my And you always get them. You're like, just in case. It's I really have sunny. them. That's I have right. them with me just in case. It's all low light. Always I low light. I always use my low light goggles. Always. I'm like, do you have a clear lens? Because that's the shit I'm going to use. <laughs> yeah. Killington is... Um, and you know, like, again, there's a lot of great places on the East Coast. But there's something about Killington. You know, it's a it's a re- really big mountain. You know, it's got some of the highest elevation in Vermont. It's uh, 4241 is the peak. And uh, you, know, you can ski off the top there. And again, you're not... It's not the bowls. It's not the you know the stuff you're gonna find out out west. You can't. You're not hiking up to something and skiing down it. It's you know it's pretty much all in resort. But it's it's got. So I gotta say, Brian, if you were asked unsolicited, like, what do you think skiing several countries in Europe and skiing several states in the U.S. Like, what do you think Killington compares to all of them? Like, just put it into, like, relationship of, like, all that. Because, <laughs> like, you know, people don't know. Like, if I've, I've run into people that skied in Europe, and they're like, oh, my God, what's it, what is it like to ski in the U.S.? And then you meet people out West, and like, oh, what is it like to ski in the East? Or what is it like to ski in Europe? And it's like, you kind of have to put everything into, like, a grand relationship of where you've been, where you've skied, right? So where does Killington fit in for you? I, you know, I'm going to compare it to, you know, where we recently just were. So we were out in Vail and Beaver Creek back in February and the mountains there are just very different. I think that's obviously. actually a good comparison. I like Ele- that. elevation wise, you know, you, those are, you've got the better elevation, you're getting the better powder. Um, there's, there's more of a, 
and kind of a country club feel to those resorts. Yes. For I sure. Agree. The thing about Killington is it's been in operation now for what, like 40, 50 plus years, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, wow. I think it, I think we looked it up one time where the founder of the mountain, it was founded like the ski resort after World War II by one of the 10th Mountain Division soldiers from what I remember. Like, there's a whole Killington history book that we read. I think it was at Justin's condo. Ah, that's awesome. But it's, it's, it's nice to learn your history at a ski house yeah. share that you're doing. There's just a, a very different vibe there. Cause again, you have a lot of new England folks, obviously who are going to it since it is in new England. And there's that, that kind of, you know, kind of tougher attitude than you get out West where again, yes. like you mentioned, people are expecting more. They're expecting things to be perfect, things to be exactly as they want. Otherwise, I think it's the East out. in general. Like in the East, you're just kind of like, you're the happy to get one day. Yeah, Northeast, you're happy to get one day, mm-hmm. much less an entire seat of good days. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have some moderate days here and there, whatever. If you get one epic day, you're like, oh, that's fucking great. I think out West is more if... You have one day that's not good. You're like, oh my god, that I, I I can't believe that's like a bad day. Skiing. Yeah, and you know when you're out in a Vale or Beaver Creek, you're definitely there to brag about being there. That's that seems to be one of the things. Like, you know, you want to brag and say you were out there. Well, you know, thing about I like about Killington is that you know there's definitely fancier resorts in New England. Um, is there Terrain wise, is there better ones? I don't know. But the thing I like about Clinton, there's definitely a like a gritty factor to it. Yeah. You know, like everything is not polished, everything is not perfect. They'll open some trails. You're like, why is this even open? Um <laughs> I love when you go on a trail and it's like fucking treacherous and you're like, Why am I on this trail? And you're yeah. like, you know what? Because you're an asshole that wanted to go on the trail and you didn't <laughs> want to jump the line and they dropped the line and and now you're on it and Way to go. It's up to your own risk. And I love the fact that it's like, it's up to your own devices to get out of this fucking situation. Yeah. And you know, like we, we ducked a rope on Monday or Tuesday, (laughs) allegedly. And it's a run that, you know, it's a blue trail, but it's one of those trails that no one seems to really go on on purpose. It's like a connector trail. And usually it's so much fun. Like it's, it's, again, it's a short run. It's a blue, but it's got a nice steep drop in and then it kind of, to mellows out, but we tried one of the rope, one under the rope, and uh, it was we got about an inch or two of fresh snow, but it was on and top. You were on of, skis, and you were the snowboarder, right? Correct. And I, it was just ice boulders <laughs> underneath. Like it was seriously. If you took those, you know, like whiskey balls, that when they, you you freeze them and there, and you put them in your whiskey, your rock yeah. glass, so it melts slowly. If you had taken giant versions of those took about a hundred of them and stacked them like along this entire run. That's what we were skiing on with nice. a little bit of crust on top. So Sweet. there was a reason why it was closed. That's sweet East coast power. Yeah. East coast power day. But yeah, that's, um, you know, there's just something about Killington. You know, again, it's a big mountain. There's a lot of lifts, there's a lot of terrain. They, it's it's just it's one of the only places where on the East Coast where I, there's still some runs that scare me. 
you know that yeah they're like like this is open there's a lot of you know there's there's a lot of rocks there's roots in the trees that's why it scares you which is like so now you get the i like that like yeah but now you get the effect of skiing plus nature having an effect on like how great or treacherous your fucking ski run is i love that because you know what if it's great you're like it's a winter wonderland like just ski this whole thing all over don't fucking worry about it but if it's pretty bad we've been on freaking outer limits with like ice bumps so there's snow bumps and then there's ice bumps and ice bumps are like fucking horrible it's like take a mini cooper you know (laughs) soak it in water freeze it overnight and then ski on top of it like a whole bunch like a whole run full of them and the best part is we've been days where we see we see it and we're like that's just a little bit of snow on top of the ice, isn't it? And there's people yeah. going down it. And you're like, holy shit, they're scraping down the entire mountain trying to do bumps, like ice bumps. And it's like, and we'll do it once in a while. We're like, yeah, why not? Let's just try it. Do you want to become a great skier? Do you want to be able to to race and do any terrain? That's, this is the places you ski at. This is how you get good. You can, you just deal with this, this questionable terrain, but you find a way to get down it and you know it's well that's it what's beautiful about skiing though right so you have the shame mcconkey crazy i will ski anything free ski right go down anything versus the you know i could do the you know the the what are uh you know, giant people love groomers like they like i like all i like is groomers that's it right but you'd be a giant slalom skier or a free skier Right. So there's all sorts of things that people are great at, like phenomenal at. And you just fit somewhere in there of what you like to do. Mm-hmm. We know a guy that likes trees. That motherfucker goes in trees. Don't follow him because he will get you. He will get you killed. I, I almost hit a. I hit almost. I went with him one time and I almost hit like 15, <laughs> like uh, the freaking. Um, what the hell? Like the snowmaking equipment. It was all just he like makes his own runs. It's fucking crazy. He makes his own runs. Yeah. And that's the, it's, that's the kind of mountain it is. Like there really is something for everyone there. Yeah. And so I gotta say, what would you say? Like, what is your, what is your favorite run at Killington? Favorite all time run. Um, I gotta say or maybe your top two or three. Okay. So one of my favorites is it's a blue tree run. We all know it. Boom. I know exactly what you're going to say. No, exactly. What I love uh, what the hell is the name of it? Squeeze play. Uh, squeeze play. It's awesome because it's easy, and you can just rip through the trees. And you know what? If you ever want to gain confidence, you ever want to get up just for doing fucking other trees or other things, go rip through that. Go rip through squeeze play because I tell you what, if it's nice snow, you rip through it. It's just like I want to rip through it again. It's and one the, of the most. There's been times we've done it like five times in a row. Like, it's just, it's like such a choose your own adventure trail because again, you're in the trees and it's so wide that you can just from left to right. It's every turn is different. But the best part of that is then you start going through it and you're like, Hey, I'm going to catch a little air. Hey, I'm going to do a little close. I'm going to do like, I'm going to go faster through this thing and like hit a bunch of moguls in the trees. And then you're like, after a while, like, I don't want to be a sunny bono. I just, I can calm myself down. And then there's also too, it's like, hey, look, there's a river that cuts right through here. <laughs> Dude, and the hopefully best is when you knew where to cut the river. river. 
That's the best one. Oh, dude, <laughs> you stand there for five minutes, you're going to find someone who falls into the river. <laughs> it's like finding a leprechaun. It's great. You're just like, yeah. boom, there you go. Somebody fell in. Um, so Squeaky Play, one of my favorites, just because it's just, I don't know, it's just fun. Because um, sometimes like the groomers are a little mundane, whatever. Uh, the stash, I fucking love the stash. Stash is dope. I love the stash. So there's so the two stash, reasons I the love stash? the stash. What is so, the stash? Okay, so the stash is. I think I think that the, they use the stash in a bunch of different Burton resorts. Oh, okay. So the stash at Killington, it's kind of like a terrain park within woods, right? So they actually have an official stash, which is like it's mainly terrain park, but then there's like an in tree stash, which is part of the park, but it's closed sometimes. But nobody really cares because it's part of a terrain park. So you just jump the rope and just do whatever you want. And the beauty of the stash is you can ski it and you'll come across and there'll be a little hut. There'll be like a little, there'll be a feature in the woods. Like, so you do a rail on a tree in the woods or you can stop and hang out by the little house where everybody's smoking weed. Allegedly. Allegedly. So it's funny as shit. So I remember you and me were hanging out in the stash one time. And also we were standing there and it's like, hey, there's a ski coming down. Let's, let's move oh, out of the way. Oh, that was treacherous. <laughs> That's a good thing. When, a missile. Whiz, when whizzing past us, I'm like, it is gonna kill us. I don't know where it it landed up, but we were like, all right, I'm I'm leaving now. <laughs> it was awesome. But yeah, the stash is pretty it's pretty awesome because it's it's almost like a terrain park and then if you go off trail it's still terrain park because it's like they have it mapped out and they have features in the woods which is pretty awesome so you're out there like hey let's do a little jump boom face a jump right right by a feature in the woods like that's not bad so I like the stash i like that um there is the other one that i really love Oh, that was the name of it. It's not open all the time. It's got to have good snow. And they usually run like um, ski racing on it. It's uh, shit. Highline? Is Highline the one after you come off of the... So they have that little J-bar. At the bottom of that, you go to the right. It's like... Yeah, they got rid of that. They moved the J-bar over to the to Ramshead. I think it's Highline. I think it's Highline. It's super steep, right? Fucking awesome. It is awesome and wide open. Like, I tell you, best run on the mountain. And nobody knows it because when, you, when you're coming down, you're flying past it. And you got to know to look for it. And then you meet a halt and just zip right in. And I tell you, and then it opens up and it's like fucking great. I love that. I love that run. That is a really fun run. It's, it can get icy a lot of times, though. For, you know, oh, like it's most of the mountain does. Usually it's total ice, but it's when it's nice, it's freaking great. When it's in good shape, it is one of the most fun runs. Because again, it is really steep and yeah. it's just is wide open too. Because they have usually like yeah, like race courses kind of set up on either side. But if it's if there's no course set up and you can ski on it, it's just you can yeah. bomb down it. It's funny, I was you know, I was uh How about for you? What are your favorites? Uh well, before I get into that, I was just on it this past week and I was you know, skiing with our friend Kristen who boards and it's, <laughs> I'd asked her, I'm like, Hey, have you ever like, uh, had any like really like high speed wipeouts while you were boarding and we're at the top of Highline. And she's like, 
You know, he asked me that question about a high speed wipeout. She's like, I never have, but this could be the run where it happens. Because she's on a board, and after you get down this big steep run, there's yeah. a there's a there's a flat traverse that you have to to go if you want to get to the next Carry set of speed. lifts yeah. if you're going in one direction, and that's the direction we were going. Yeah. I'm like, and she actually almost carried her speed all the way to the to the the superstar lift, but she oh, she's like, legit. I gotta say, she's a great she's super legit. Yeah. So if you're talking my favorite runs there. Uh, squeeze play is definitely one of mine. And I remember like that was one of the first ones like a bunch of years ago, we really started doing trees and it was good for gaining confidence to do other tree runs. Yeah, And it's, I remember taking GoPro footage of us like early in the season and we were like kind of calmly, <laughs> slowly picking our way through it. And then maybe like a month or two later, like we were just bombing through that entire run it's it's weird like when you finish the run and you're just like i think i hit a tree with my pole to try to push it away and like just kept going like you don't you're kind of like i think i did that but like the tree didn't move like that's when you gotta really buckle up and be like i gotta like get shit in check now you know yeah oh there's certain times in that trail like i mean i remember just one time just ripping through it and making a ridiculous turn, like a quick turn and just like stopping and just laughing my ass off being like, I almost impaled myself on that tree, but somehow I made it funny because I survived. It was funny. Yeah. You know, like- so I, I do, I do love squeeze play. Um, and you know, I will tell you outer limits has become one of my favorite trails now. Because I like outer limits. I finally like this year, I, I've just become so comfortable with moguls. Like I actually enjoy doing them. It's big and, hills, man. They're little hills. And that hill there. is just a monster. Like if you, like outer limits is one of those things you look at it, you look up at it, you're like, wow, that's really steep. And you get on the lift next to it and you go, wow, that's a lot steeper than it even looks from down there. And yeah. you know, I don't know if you remember, but like when you go up it, there is, there's like the, you need to get off the lift and usually you go to the left. Yeah, and you get on there. But if you take a really, really sharp left and you go almost underneath the chair, there's a, a little kind of ungroomed run underneath yes. there. And I did that a couple times. And my God, that was like conditions were perfect. And those moguls were so sweet. Yeah. If you get good snow and it's not too icy, I tell you, outer limits is fucking phenomenal. If you get, I, if it's soft and if like the bumps are, are a little <laughs> soft and not again, the ice ice Volkswagens, it can be just it's a black and you get but you get done with that run your legs are screaming if well you do- the funny part is the reason i'm laughing is like i feel like i never smoked but like i feel like i smoke when i'm on there because i'm like yeah. halfway in i'm like i gotta take like a fucking i need like a oxygen tank or something like it's pretty bad because you, you really kicks your ass holy crap you know and it's funny like so I never, I never realized it when I, when I, when I started skiing, whatever. And somebody once told me, they were like, look, you, you got to ski. There's a way to ski where you fight yourself. You fight the mountain the whole time. And then there's another way to ski where you just kind of go with the mountain. You know what I mean? Like, and you, you just kind of let your skis ride. You ride your skis. You dance with the mountain, but the mountain always leads. Exactly. So you, you can do both if you want. And a lot of times on an outer limits, I'll go, I'll go through both phases. I'll be like fighting the mountain to try to like dominate my authority. And it's great. Like I, 
I do some shit for a little while and then I'm like, I'm gassed. So now I'm like, just going to meander down just kind of chill out and work with the mountain. You know what I mean? So it's kind of funny, like no matter what you do, unless you're like a hard ass, like crazy, awesome, like mogul person, like you're going to have to like bow down and just like ski the mountain, you know? Yeah. That's That's all you can really do. Yeah. And I love watching from at the bottom of that because they have the bar there where you just have some drinks and you just sit there and watch people just fucking crash down. It's have an eleven dollar sip of sunshine. Goddamn, that eleven dollar sip of sunshine is worth it just to watch people crash. It's magical. <laughs> it's magical. So they hit a bunch of upgrades this recent year. So yeah, I'd say those two are my favorite. I love the stash as well. So you know, we kind of we see very similarly. So to the fact that we have that the same kind of, you know, runs that are our favorite. And allegedly some people meet up at certain times of the day or 20 and just like, you know, hang out at the stash when the whole mountain's closed, you got to make sure it top, you know, stuff happens. Allegedly, perhaps. Yes. Perhaps Perhaps it it has happened. And then one cool, another cool thing about Killington is, you know, we've talked about in the past too, that they've had the, they've hosted the women's world cup Thanksgiving weekend, the last three years. And yeah, I I believe they're set to have it again this year in 2019, and I think gotta the make, I think make some money. I think the commitment ends after this year. I don't know what? if they're looking to renew it or what the plan is, but it's been a huge success. November in Vermont can be touch and go. This the this past year, it's it was unbelievable. It was it was snowember as they called it. They really got hit hard. Yeah, we'll see how it goes this year. They've been lucky three years in a row. I think the year before that was the year that we up, went up there early. And even in December, it sucked. Sure. So see how, how November goes. Uh, so that's been a big thing for the draw of the mountain the last couple of years. And so let me all- ask you one thing. Mm-hmm. One very important thing about Kellington. Yes. Pico Mountain. Have you ever skied it? Fuck me. Still, Fuck, right? still no. Still no for me too. And yeah. you know what? I've, I've seen a lot of things. I think, um, and one thing we didn't talk about, TGR actually is having they they're having an event there. I think next week where you pay like a hundred bucks and you can, you know, really? ski with some. Uh, I don't know if it's like a ski celebrity demo some skis and have beers, whatever. Oh, nice! Yeah, which is kind of cool. It's pretty sweet. But the the thing about Killington recently, the last couple of years, you know, obviously with the World Cup, they're getting a lot of attention. They're pumping a lot of money into the place. They are not one of the. I mean, I think they're on the Icon Pass, but you only get seven days. It isn't like a full oh, okay. Full year. So they're not owned by Altera or they're not owned by Vale. They're owned by Powder Resorts. And I I wonder how long that is going to remain. It seems like they're almost polishing themselves up to put themselves on the market to get bought at one of the big, the big, uh, you know, the duopoly. Of- That's the speculation. Right. And you know what? It's been speculation for a while. It has, yes. So what they did this year is they added a bubble lift, which was big, and they added some additional snowmaking. They needed the tunnels, right? Some funky tunnels in a bunch of places to alleviate congestion, which, you know, depending on who you talk to, it, it, you get both sides of the argument there. Man. And they just announced today, before we're getting ready for the podcast, that they have some some big news for what's going to be going on next year and afterwards. And the biggest thing they're doing is 
at the base of the mountain, they have what's called the K1 Lodge. And this is the kind of the main lodge next to the main gondola. And for the 2020-2021 ski season, they are redoing that lodge. Nice. That's big news because that thing is seriously dated. And it's seriously dated, but I tell you, the fucking location is great. They should have done that a long time ago. The location is great. That's why they need to do it. Yeah. So that's that's coming up. And they've also announced that they are going to change the Northridge triple to a quad. And <laughs> this is the mount. This is the tr- the um, the area and the lift that opens. That's the first thing they open in October is this Northridge section because it's the coldest part of the mountain. They have some snow making there. Yeah. Whenever they open, that's open. So this is going to have a nice fixed grip quad chairlift. Sweet. Now, it was a three, it was a, a triple before and it was treacherous. I know a friend of ours, she actually had a friend of hers fall off this lift because <sighs> it was made for three people probably in the 60s. So, you know, we as... Really skinny, tiny people. Bingo. As Americans, we've sort of evolved our our body shapes i i love the fact that it's keeping people real and like hey maybe it's time to lose a few pounds just saying just saying man listen they didn't have cracker barrel in 1962 we have it now dude if you had a little kid seat that you fit in and you loved when you're little and then you got older and you tried to sit in that thing and you got a little self-conscious and like i gotta get to the gym that's good for me that's good Yeah, so they're they're changing that lift, which is pretty impressive. And then they're also adding a bunch of snowmaking improvement all over the mountain, as well as over on Pico, which is really cool. But going back to that K1 Lodge, what they're saying is um, that it's going to go from 37,000 square feet to 58,000 square feet. What? Have a full-service bar, enhanced dining, additional seating, unobstructed 180-degree views of the Vermont mountain landscape. Whoa. Yeah. Huh. So they... So they are going to the K-1 lounge. So... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, what are they going to do? Are they going to make it bigger? Like what? Well, they're saying that they're going to have... Um, one of the big things they're going to have is first floor is going to be, you know, lift tickets, guest services, Killington sports, rentals, bag. So they're slapping on a second floor. Well, that's, they, they have two floors now. Uh, like that, there's like that bottom section, like where you first come in on like oh. the shop is and everything in the bathrooms. Yeah. Uh, second floor is going to have a food court with plenty of seating. Food courts can have a variety of options, local farms, uh, the kitchen is going to be local farms. I want to see if they bring back the uh, farm-raised meat. This is this is what concerns me a bit. Uh, they will switch from upcycled diningware to fine china. Right, and they will further improve sustainability within the food and beverage department. The third floor will house a full-service bar, which will offer bar food menu much like the Peak Lodge, and will overlook the second floor with sweeping views out of the wall of windows facing Killington Basin and Superstar. All right. See, the whole problem I have with even the Peak Lodge is it's a shit show to get seen. Mm -hmm. So when you have to hover over somebody like a ghoul to say, are you done with your fucking food? Like, that's horrible. 
like either seat people or just like have something else. Like they got to do something about that. That's, that's the one thing. Killington, if you're listening to this or if you're going up to Killington and you're going to go up to Peak Lodge, it is a, it's like fucking Thunderdome, right? You go so, on a Wednesday at two o'clock. Yeah, exactly. So if you're on a Saturday, you're basically going to walk around looking for people that look like they might be getting up just to try to get their seat. It's, it's fucking creepy and horrible. Like it shouldn't be like that. So they will sell food to a ton of people, but you might not be able to sit down and eat it. Let's put it that way. This is horrible. So they have really good food and it could be a lot better. And the argument it always is, why don't they do something about it? And I guess the counter argument is because they don't have to. That's one thing you, you kind of notice at not just the mountain itself, but the whole town is that there's like this attitude of, and it's good enough. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. How about that? Enough. Yeah. And, you know, I'm hoping that the mountain is, is sort of getting to the point where it wants to be a little better than it has been. So they are making these changes and then hopefully that'll kind of trickle down to the rest of the town because we've always, we've always joked about it, how it's just kind of got that good enough attitude. Um, Yeah. Well, you know, let's, let's take the clothes off. I tell you what, I mean, Killington, they're a whole mountain. We've, we've paid, we've been very courteous to them. Um, not a single person has answered our fucking call to like, hey, do you want to talk about the mountain? We reached out, so just saying. Um, while while we've been there a lot, like they haven't done a lot for us. So let's put it that way. Yeah. No, uh, that's that's kind of true. We will say that. So I would say I'm middle of the road on them at best. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of other mountains that have been on, been a lot more courteous to us. I don't disagree with you at all there. But yeah, so, you know, you you put it, so in the grand scheme of like, I always, I always compare like East Coast skiing, but Killington is probably one of the best East Coast skiing places to go, right? So like even people from Europe, like they, if they want to come over, it's like, oh, do we go to Killington? I'm like, you probably want to go out West, but if you're going to East Coast, out to Killington, if it's really good snow, and that's just it. Like when you're on the East Coast, you gotta look for where the snow is falling, right? Where was that? Um, remember that dude we were talking to? Wasn't he from Australia? The guy who was at Killington? Yes, he was from. Yeah. <laughs> Do I remember that guy from Australia? So uh, <laughs> he had a wheelbarrow and he's holding his balls in it and he's just like rolling around. It was crazy. <laughs> that guy was, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. Uh, he was Australian from New Zealand. Where is he from? It was, one, it was one of those places. I think it was New Zealand, actually. You're right. I think it might be New Zealand. But uh, he had, what was it, the Epic Pass? Icon Pass. The Icon Pass. And he was just like, I'm going to all Icon places. And I was like, that's fucking great, man. So he was cool until he hung out for like a long while. And I'm like, don't you have somewhere to go? Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, if I was like traveling in a place by myself, I hope people would be that courteous. Very true. I'm sure they would be. But yeah, oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's a great mountain, but again, it's definitely not perfect. There's there's things that could be improved. 
the skiing is great. Um, it's really a lot of the amenities and things around it that that kind of that kind of missed the mark. Well, here's the thing, Brian. So, like, if you're going on a ski vacation, right? So you go out, you get a great mountain, but you can go to snowboard, get a great mountain, get shit for after skiing, right? You got nothing. You got nothing after that. You basically going to eat at one of three places and go to sleep after, right? Mm-hmm. So it's great. You had a fucking great ski day, blah, blah, blah. Killington actually has a lot more than other places for when you're done with skiing, there's a lot of good shit around. And that's one of the rare things to find, right? That is, you know, uh, I think it's becoming more, more necessary now. I think people are looking for something like that, but yeah. The, you, can, well, even, you can find your speed, which is nice. Like you can find, you know, there are so many options that, you know, if you do want to go out and party late, you can do that. If you want to find a really nice meal and be chill, you can do that. If you want something in between, you could find that as well. But I got to say on the East Coast, Killington probably is one of the better ones. Yeah. If you go out West, now you have different places or different things. But I see East Coast, like Killington is pretty... I say they they got it pretty tightened up. Yeah, yeah. With, and, the, with the hangout scene, party scene, like the the restaurant scene, like it's it's all good, you know. It's definitely an awesome place, and you know, one of our favorite places to go for opera. Yoshi we talked about it, Sushi Yoshi, which Yoshi. amazingly has the best craft beer selection on the uh the access road which is the main road that goes up to the mountain from the highway which if we do get up there in two weeks definitely can reach out see if we can get an interview with the manager of yes for sure they're um they're always revolving their beer selection and everything is fresh and the sushi actually is pretty awesome too so that's a that's a great spot and we always make sure we we hit that place up and some of the most amazing wings that you get on the yeah, place is good. Yeah. Free wings. Happy hour. And then another place that has really grown on me is Preston's. Yeah. I love Preston. I really dig that spot. It's nice because it's right off the mountain in the uh the grand hotel there. And they have great food, usually really good beers and some pretty good cocktails. Great old fashioned. Great old fashions. I had a Manhattan there that was really good. It's an it's a nice spot. It's a little higher end. Um it's good for people watching too because it is in the, the fancy hotel and you can see some really epic douchebags who are usually like in the <laughs> towels or robes because the hot tub is just down the hallway from there. The bag watching. I like yeah. it. Hanging out there, like just in their bathrobes. Here's the thing. If you show up in your bathrobe, you just walk right in. Well, it's funny. The waitresses just are like, ugh. like they're just, you know, they know the kind of person you are. When you Here's the thing. Next time we go there, we come in from the outside. Ooh, coats off. Freaking got the uh, the robe on. That's the way it's it. Robe it in. <laughs> robe in, robe out. Yeah. But it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's it's a good spot. A lot of a lot of good. Like I said, food there is great. A lot of good drinks there. Um, and it's a really nice upscale place. There's been a bunch of changes at, at, at other places down the road too. Oh yeah. And you know, the well, long trail is still there, right? Long trail is still there. And long trail is a pretty 
popular brewing company. They're pretty widely distributed. Um, they're triple bang and double bang. Sweet. Yes, sir. Yeah. And space juice. Yeah, there's always Longshore makes some pretty good stuff. That the VTIPA they came out with is really good too. So there's a lot of great spots, and but there also is a lot of terrible spots. There's terrible spots. Yeah. There's some very terrible spots, and I will go on record saying the place that disappointed me the most of our time up there was Mogul's, which brags about having the best barbecue in Vermont. That place sucks all, that, all around. I gotta say, all around sucks. That place is a massive disappointment. Number one, they say they have the best ribs. Number two, they say they're a sports bar. Both of those are false claims. Yeah, the place is just, it's just disappointing. Their food sucks. Their beer selection sucks. Um, and they suck. They okay. suck. Yeah, that place is a, is a big disappointment. Sure. I would say avoid that. Other than that, you know, there are certain places that are better than others. Um, and I will give a breakfast recommendation. My favorite place for breakfast, Backcountry Cafe. They are some of the nicest people there. They have awesome breakfast, awesome lunch. Nice. Uh, omelets are great. They do serve the 14th Star Maple Breakfast Stout there too, which is nice if you're uh, having a slow morning and you're maybe a little hair of the dog. That's mm. a great breakfast beer to have. Um, I'm trying to think what other... Uh, if you want to go high end, Foundry is a great restaurant. I love Foundry as a restaurant. Like they have a skates, so they have a um, a pond out front, and they do skating when it's out, like cold as fuck. Um, and I think they rent skates there too, right, Brian? Oh, yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. They have sticks, um, they have hockey sticks, and and pucks there too. If you want to, and it's really cool. You just chill around, like skate around, and like have a little dinner, and it's it's a lot of fun. Like I gotta say, Foundry's good. Uh, Friday, Saturday, they usually have like live bands that are pretty chill kind of bands. Um, if you want like a little more like party atmosphere, there is the Wobbly Barn, which is actually was written up as one of the top 10 places uh, for opera ski in the world. Um, <laughs> which it's good. I don't know if it's worldwide, but whatever. Uh, in terms of opera ski, pretty pretty damn good. I like the wobbly. Um, and also, if you're going trying to keep it on the cheap tip for dinner, they do a uh, soup and salad buffet. Oh, and you can have like 15 cups of soup and like eight salads. I gotta say, the salads are like legit. It's pretty Solid, good. Solid, yeah. Um, and then when you get that, or you buy a meal there, you get free entry into the wobbly at night. So it's kind of thing. You eat there and you just go in. Uh, you happy hour there. And then there's the pickle barrel. So pickle barrel, if you're there on a, like not so much a Friday, but a Saturday, Saturday's their, their really big day. Uh, you're going to wait down the line and you're going to see some underage people get in and it's going to be a shit show, but it could be fun depending on what you're looking for. Um, Wobbly is a little more established, not, a, not as crazy. Um, and then next to pickle barrel is Jack's. And Jack's is pretty cool for like a sports bar. They try to make a little foo-foo, but it's like, yeah, now it's just a sports bar. Um, stay in your lane, Jax. Stay in your lane. <laughs> you have a uh, wash and fold 
right next to you. It's kind of a... Uh, yeah, it's underneath. There's a laundry mat underneath the bar. It's like a spuds and suds, right? Like it's kind of... Uh, yeah. One of those kind of things. Um, so that's pretty fun. But... Uh, and then if you want to go for a nice, good breakfast, or if you're there on a weekend and you have kids, you don't want to know what to do, look up Liquid Art. Because Liquid Art is fucking amazing. I got to say. That is their, a kick-ass spot. Their breakfast is pretty damn good. They got nice little sandwiches. But they do a lot of stuff with kids, like art stuff with kids and stuff like that. And they have like chill music at night. Um, that place is pretty cool. What's cool about liquid art is it's one of my, it's one of the greatest single spots ever because it's not only like a coffee shop and, you know, they have sandwiches, but it's also a bar and an art gallery. Yeah. So it's a, you know, coffee shop, art gallery, bar. Yeah. Pretty cool. It's like the triple that. It's so cool. It's such a fun spot. Everything they do is good there. Let's see. What's the pancake place too? That place is great for breakfast. All through in the end of the um, access road. Uh, that isn't Backcountry Cafe? No. It was the a one buttermilk, buttermilk oh. something. It's like, it's a, like the bed and breakfast place, right? Yes. That place is great. Yeah. They do a solid break. It's it's closer to um uh Surefoot. And again, if the one next to Surefoot is Backcountry Cafe. That's where we had the breakfast out. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is the one a little bit uh down the road. I think you said you and Andrew stay there at one time. It's like a pancake place or buttermilk pancake or I don't remember. But yeah, there's a lot of cool places around. Um, I gotta say, if you're adventurous, you you stay in a little. Oh, so last time I went up there, so which is this year, we did a VRBO, and our buddy John got a place which was near where we used to do the share house, like in the same area. And uh, I tell you, we got a, a freaking. I think we were there three days. And it was about 200 bucks a person for three days, 250, something like that, or two days. Um, it was pretty cheap. So I got to say, there's some good deals to be had. So look around, be smart. Uh, while the grand was about four to 450 a night, this place was 250 for like two days. So do the math. It's a great so, spot. Yeah, where you guys were at. That was really good. It was a nice condo. It was skiing. It was ski in, walk out. I don't think it was ski out. It was skiing though. Right. So. Yeah, those are those condos. Um, right past the Grand. Uh, Trail Creek? Day. Is that what it was? Trail Creek. Yeah. yeah. And it was a good deal. I mean, and it's funny. He was like, well... You know, I reached out to the person and, and they didn't want to rent as the first one, but they own like another one over in Trail Creek. And I'm like, what do you mean they own another one? But it was like a private person that owned like, I don't know, six or seven properties on, on like around there. It's pretty cool. The way to do it. Yeah. You're living the dream right now. All I'm saying. Yeah. So, 
but it's cool. And then uh, Opry Ski. So for Opry Ski at Killington, there's a few options. So you can go to Preston's. You can go to the Umbrella Bar on the weekend. During the week, it sucks. Um, Preston's is probably good, like nice chill atmosphere all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's um, used to be the Long Trail Lodge, which is still Long, Long Trail, Trail Lodge. Pub, yep. Long Trail Pub. Um, and then, you know, you hang out there for a beer or two, and then you go out to Sushi Yoshi or one of the other restaurants around. And then we have a little formula, hot tub, uh, shower or neat, you know, it works. And then maybe you go to sleep, maybe you go, maybe you watch a football game or final four while somebody in your condo bet like five grand on a game. <laughs> It's awesome to watch because it's like a train wreck. It's a slow motion train wreck. Yeah, it's a great mountain. And, you know, you can you can kind of choose your own adventure, which is nice. Like, you know, kind of talked about uh, where you want to ski, where you want to apres, where you want to go out for dinner. There's there's a lot of options and you, you can easily find your own lane, your own people, your own speed, which is part of what makes it so great. And the, the skiing terrain is, is awesome. There's places that will scare you. There's places that are open. They're like, is there, should this be open? There's not enough snow covering up all these rocks. <laughs> it's, it's a great spot. And, you know, we call it our home mountain. It's the place we ski the most and there's nowhere else nearby that I would, uh, I would want to call my home mountain. So hopefully you've got a chance to ski there. If you haven't, it's, it's worth checking it out. Um, again, if you're living, if you're living somewhere in Colorado or, or Wyoming, I wouldn't tell you to travel across the country to go see it, but if you're on the East uh, coast and you're from there and you want to just like dabble in East coast skiing, definitely try it out. Cause I tell you what, it will surprise you. Yeah. It won't surprise you in a good way. Chances are it will challenge you, but you'll be happy to have that, had the experience for that way. It definitely will challenge you no matter what level of skier you are. So yeah, we'll post some links in the show notes. You can check it out. And we'd love to hear if you have experiences, thoughts. So if you have any, any tips or options or things you want us to share, please hit us up. Ski bomb podcast at gmail.com. Under the ropes. Kick us off. My favorite part of the segment. I tell you what. Favorite part of the show. So even a little bit of soda is not good, is what researchers are saying right now. So while they said, you know, which they never said, uh, say, you know, a little bit of wine is good every day, like soda in any quantity, they're saying is not good. So they're saying any person that enjoys it, um, studies are saying that Yes, even the diet ones are legitimately terrible. So uh, everything from, um, you know, decarbonizing fizzy drinks to declaring their wares, the official drink of the U.S. states, it's just not good. So they did a new study, and the study is coming out saying that basically um, both men and women, uh, there was a modest link found between the regular drinking of um, SSBS, which is syrupy soda based beverages i think is a soup, whatever um and they're saying there's a linkage between that and early cancer risk so they're noting that it was adjusted for lifestyle factors but um sugar sweetened beverages ssb 
sugar-sweetened beverages. They're basically saying sugar-sweetened beverages is linked to like a lot of bad shit, so don't do it. Uh, saying soda is not your friend, even in moderate quantities. So unlike what they've come out, they, which researchers, it's just some study from some place, um, just like they say, you know, it's okay to drink like, you know, glass of wine or a beer a day. Uh, they're saying this is bad shit. Just stay away from it. In general, it's basically just having like spoonfuls of sugar every day. Would you do that? Would you give that to your kids? Would so you? adding adding like a like Jack Daniels to your Coke isn't going to help. <laughs> That's right. So you have a glass of Jack Daniels and you put like two scoops of sugar. Is that is that good? You know, take your kids. Like you have a little baby now, right? Would you take their milk? put like two scoops of sugar and say, here you go, kid, have this. It's kind of the same idea. Seriously, it's like the most ridiculous thing. Because you get no other benefit from it. Like, you know, every once in a while, I'll drink soda or I'll drink whatever, something else. And usually it's for a purpose. So I'm like, I need the caffeine and sugar in it. Like, you know what I mean? So I'll have it. But I'm never just drinking it saying, "Eh, it tastes good. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that tastes good, but... Not putting it in my mouth, let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's happened over the years. If it's gotten more sweet over time or there's cheaper sweetener, or I don't know. I don't know what it's what it is. I mean, was it always this bad? Maybe it always has been this bad, and we just didn't even realize it until recently. Dude, I think it was Thunderdome. I think we were just it was always this bad, and we were all hopped up on sugar. And now just a little bit of this shit like drives kids crazy because yeah. we were just like nuts the whole time. And they were like, just shut up. Don't move. Don't do anything. You know, crazy. Yeah. I have one more final story under the ropes here. And this is from the good folks over at Jalopnik. And it's Porsche 911 GT2 RS going back into production after cargo ship sinks with customers' cars. What? Uh, again, Italy. Italy. I don't know what Italy's, what's going on with them and their boats in their region i'm not saying there's a mafia but i'm saying if there was a mafia there would be a car mafia right now it perhaps might happen over there (laughs) remember there was like that cruise ship that crashed over in the italian waters a few like a year or two ago yeah guy was showing off for for some girl and like like crashed the uh the boat he's like driving behind his back and just fucking like clowning around like whoa some clowning fucking boom right into a goddamn land right it wasn't even like a a rock he hit land yeah so this one the italian container ship the grande america sank off the french atlantic coast last week after a fire broke out all 27 crew members conveniently were able to evacuate before it sank but over 2,000 cars allegedly including a shipment of porsche 911 gt2 rs's didn't make it man i am claiming that shit sank and been like I got a Porsche. <laughs> so now if people who aren't aware, the 911 GT2 RS is kind of their, their highest end turbocharged racing model. And I think they could go up to almost 300 grand per. You know, somebody has like 20 of those for sale right now. And they're from Italy well, they're or Russia. The reporting you know. that the ship was carrying a shipment of Audi A3, A5, RS4, RS5, and Q7 models as well as some Porsche Caymans, Boxsters, Cayennes, 
and reportedly four 911 GT2 RS models. Do you think you can link this to Trump and the embargo? Uh, probably not. <laughs> well, what's crazy, so Porsche had said back in February that that's when the, the, the allotment or the production was going to stop. But now they're going to put it back into production. And it's so funny that the way um, like Porsche decides to, to kind of the way that they're justifying putting it back into production, they're like, um, they're like under normal circumstances, it wouldn't be possible to give you another car, but due to the nature of the situation and considering that you're a loyal and highly valuable customer for our brand, Porsche has decided to resume the GT2 RS production in Germany and your vehicle will be produced in April with delivery scheduled for June. So here's the thing. You get a production run before this thing. You get the R1, the release one of this thing. You're good. Well, I think they're pretty much saying that, oh, well, this car costs us 30 grand to make and we're charging you 30,000 for it. So we're happy to, to fleece you over again if we can. Exactly. That's well, yeah, it's it, so funny. It's so funny how the entire crew is fine and that somehow all these cars got destroyed. It seems like some sort of like Ocean's 19 kind of movie plot where they're going to like, you know, somehow drill a hole in the bottom of the of the boat and get the cars out of there and get them into a submarine and then ship them off over to Russia and they'll sell them over there. Screw that. They're at deep sea. They're just pulling up another another yacht and just like, yeah, just zip those cars over here, man. We're out. It's going down on international waters. Like sink this bitch. That's it. I Destroy think uh, all the evidence. I'm gonna blame Somalian pirates. All right. Well, that about wraps up the podcast for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out, skibonepodcast.com. Go to the shop there. Buy something for yourself or your loved one. Check us out on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are at Skibone Podcast. Send us an email, skibonepodcast at gmail.com. Stickers, if you want them, hit us up as a DM or send us an email. Pinterest is highfalutin skibone. We're also on Spotify. We're all over the place. Find us. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe. Check us out. And we will talk to you guys next week. Yeah, I say blue. See you.